Hello, how are you? And welcome to the Lost Art Podcast. I'm Paul and I'm here with Gar. That would be me. And today we are doing the topic of what were they thinking? What actually were they thinking? What were they really thinking doing this song? These could be, uh, most of these are actually very well established artists that we like. But that moment where we went, what was that all about? What was that weird moment? That was a bad decision. I tell you what's weird about a lot of mine. A lot of the songs I picked, or not a lot of them, but a good few of them, are the most famous songs. Really? By the artists, yeah. Yeah, they just, they're, they're fucking, they're garbage. Compared to the rest of the band's output. Yeah. We've done podcasts. Did I say podcasts? Well, the two of us have blockedish noses, so it's going to be a lot of podcasts. Bodca- <laughs> podcast. My nose is, you know, my nose is blocked, so I'm going to drink loads of high hops beer. That'll help. That will absolutely help. Yeah, that'll uh, really help. Take a, a Viagra. It does wonders. Does it? Your sinuses, yeah. It's one of its delicious side effects. Not that I know. My, you just my said dick it. is great. You just said it. Works fine. Do you have to take a Sudafed with that? Yeah, oh, you probably die, to be <laughs> fair. Yeah, you, you combo them things. You're confusing your heart um, and blood. The, the problem is, I'm fucking tired and I ate too much there. I thought you were going to tell me why you were taking... So, yeah, no, what are you talking about? <laughs> Shut up, you, me ma's sick. <laughs> Who is your mummy? I'm just going to pull out. That's, every time anybody says something bad to me now, I'm just going to say, Shut up, you, me ma's sick. Um, did I tell you when, when she went in for the operation? My mother had an operation recently, but the day of the operation, I was in work. I was working with Louise right. and the pub hadn't even opened yet and I felt a big gust of wind blow by me and I was absolutely convinced that was it. I thought that was the spirit. And really? I, I was trying to ring me ring me ma which was in an operation I was trying to ring me da and my sister and everything and I was freaking that out. That sounds like something I'd do as well. Yeah. I'd take any sign yeah. like... What the fuck? Like It's yeah. 2019 and a gust of wind and now the pub's closed. There, was, there shouldn't have been any wind. Do you know what I mean? That's why you freaked out. I, that's, it, that's it now. The, the culture in me reared up, you know. Oh, Surprised I didn't hear a fucking banshee or something. That's horse. That's horse saying that's hello. What I, that's what I actually said. That's it. horse I, saying hello, that yeah, is. That's saying goodbye. Jesus Christ. Anyway, bands, yeah? Do you like music? Um, uh, yeah, these bands are generally all I'm look, right. I'm looking over the list, yeah. Yeah, solid. For the most part. Solid list of uh, acts here. But uh, these are... These are, they're, we've done Blip, podcasts blips, that were, were blips. exactly, we've done podcasts that were abominations. They're just general shite. Yeah. These are the, just bad examples. Yeah. These are basically, for the most part, from good bands. They are bands that you would not have expected this from. Yeah. And we'll the, get into why, obviously. Yeah. L- l- let me do my first here. What's your first one? It w- will make more sense then. So we picked uh, Black Flag TV Party. This is the one, this is the only thing you put on the list that confuses me. I like this song a this lot. This song bothers the shit out of me. But, but it's supposed to be shit. Yeah, but Black Flag are not shit. Yeah, this is what bothers me. This is their attempt at like a like, satire. A, like satire or a parody yeah. or you know a, a kind of a stupid little kind of fun song. But like this is fucking. This came out in nineteen eighty one. Like yeah, musically it's terrible yeah. and the lyrics are terrible. But lyrically, now it's supposed to be obviously. You know, I'm not going to fucking cut across you on your own. Yeah, well, thing, like, but lyrically, here's the problem. There's three different versions of this song, right? And each version of the song, they name check different TV shows that yeah, they're supposed to be watching. Especially the, the 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 ones they named on. Because um, there, there may actually be more. There could be four versions well, now there's, there's after one, that there's, Alabama. There's, that's, there's one on that. Yeah, and yeah. they named like Ali McBeal and exactly, stuff like that. Exactly, all the new yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. And the, that's actually the first I'd never <coughs> heard the original because I'm not a massive Black Flag fan. The, the, the original one was used in Repo Man, the movie. Oh, wait. And, uh, Emilio, Emilio Estevez. Emilio! Yeah, and he, actually in the movie he's, he's walking around singing the song. I think he hears it on the radio or something. Well, yeah, you shouldn't legitimize it because it is a parody. 
Piss take. But the, the the song itself, like Black Flag, Black Flag to me wrote the greatest hardcore punk song of all time in Police Story, and they have a bunch of songs that are like considered to be obviously kind of the classic pillars of hardcore punk. They're yeah. one of those bands that invented that genre and legitimized it to a degree because they worked so hard and they toured so hard and they've done everything so fucking hard. And also the band that gave us Henry Rollins, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. That's a good that's thing. To, to be decided. But um, uh, Rollins started off as their roadie. Um, he just kind of hung around with them. He worked in a... If you've ever uh, read his book or watched any of his shows or his live shows, he talks an awful lot about what he was doing before he joined Black Flag. He, he did have a band, but they were garbage. And he used to do roadie work for them and Bad Browns. So uh, he ended we up... we here for them later. Yeah, they're definitely in here. <laughs> they're in here. Um, so he roadied for, for Bad Brains and for Black Flag. And one day, uh, one of the singers didn't want to sing anymore. I think it might have been Des Cadena, who was singing at the time, but wanted to move the guitar. Um, he wanted to just play guitar. So at a, he, they were at a rehearsal one day hanging out. and he's He was the one that sang My War and stuff. Yeah, it? yeah. yeah. To, to, to be fair, Black Flag got famous with Henry Rollins. Like their debut album that this is off is called Damaged. And that's a Rollins album. They had a yeah. bunch of EPs and singles and uh, with the other. And he's like maybe the fourth. Yeah, I think he is the fourth singer. Jesus. Um, the fourth singer for Black Flag. But in most people's minds, he's the fourth because it's the debut album. Yeah. And, and he's the most famous guy, you know, that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, but this, because it's a parody song, I can't, I can't separate the fun aspect of it. I get what you're saying. And to be honest with you, as much as I like this song, if I went to see Black Flag and they played this, I'd be like, you should have played a better song. Yeah. The, the like, so I, I, and as well songs. as that, that was like the lead, the title track of an EP, I think. They had, there was an EP called TV, TV Party. Party. Now, they shouldn't have, if you're going to do a, a parody song, which I completely agree with, I wouldn't put that much emphasis on that. Yeah. Because you can't enjoy, there's only so much you can enjoy yeah. this song. Yeah. Even as a parody. It's just, it, it fucking hurts me. It hurts me to listen to it. Um, I actually, I think it's hilarious, but yeah. like, I would not like to hear it at a gig. I think, to, to be honest, I think because bands like, uh, Beastie Boys and stuff like that were getting big, uh, yes. And um, they were doing the whole no sleep with Brooklyn screaming and shouting type of bullshit. Um, it, it definitely has those kind of sensibilities to it. Um, strange enough, like guys like MCA and guys from Beastie Boys would have been listening to Black Flag. Will they um, were? It's kind of would have been uh, art re- yeah. reflecting. And, from and this song art. sounds like the beginning of Guar. Yeah, really does. Yeah, so it sounds like the beginning of absolute. That that's. Take. That's almost wider important to one degree because they did invent the style of music. What what it is now is different from what it was in the eighties. What hardcore punk is now is a different animal completely. But these guys, there's, there's a definite uh, evolution of Black Flag. By the end of it, they had elements of like freeform jazz, and it started getting fucking mad toward the end. It wasn't really hardcore punk anymore. It was something completely new. Um, it kind of went like post hardcore punk. Yeah in the lifetime of the band that didn't exist until way later um, but this song I, I fucking despise it it's my least favourite Black Flag song and there are songs that are worse yeah like I think like you're saying I like parodies but I wouldn't like it to take precedence over I think this anything is, else this, uh, if you got the, the Spotify account for Black Flag I believe this is like the third or fourth most popular song as well. Ah, you see that's that's when I start getting worried yeah like because it's not it, no it's not good like it's that's just shite. It's shite. I can't do it. I can't even talk about it anymore. Um, really? Yeah, it bothers the shit at me. So who's your next one? My next one is Chris Cornell. We knew this song was coming eventually. 
this is a what were you thinking moment when he decided in 2009 to release an album called Scream. Uh, this is his third album after two. One great album yeah. and one okay album. Second album, Euphoria Morning, we've covered mm. that on um, Breakthrough Solo yeah. Hits, which the album is, is fantastic. It's excellent. Second album, Carry On. It is, it's a bit messy, but it's still pretty serious. Yeah. But for the third album, now I know his third album wasn't very soon after the other two. It was 2009. Mm. Ten years ago, obviously. Um, this is a pop album. Yeah. And out now, no holes barred pop. Yeah. Um, Timbaland producing it. Imagine. Guitar- I remember hearing this. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Well, like, it was all over all the, the music rags. And um, they're talking about Timbaland's being brought in. And this was yeah. uh, Timbaland in his like like full chipset mode when he was doing Game Boy music. Like. Yeah. Yes. And as well as that, a lot of people are in the memory going, listen, hang on, wait, wait till it comes and then we'll judge it down. <laughs> but this is, it's too, oh, it's, it's too much of a leap from what he was doing. Unabashed. Yeah. It's not, there's, the song itself, Scream, is not the worst yeah. thing because he had to re-record rock versions of this mm. so that he could still play them. So basically this song, part of me, is utter garbage. It's an attempt to do a Michael Jackson song because he's a... Mo- mm. Obviously, since Carry On, he did cover of Billie, uh, Billie Jean yeah. on Carry On, the second album. I think it's called Carry On. Uh, so we know from that point on he's a massive Michael Jackson fan. I think he said it as well. So he, this song sounds like... He said to Timbaland, I want that Michael Jackson thing. Yeah. Which isn't a million miles away from what Timbaland could do. Mm. He's clearly influenced by him as well. But the lyrics are, that's when you know he doesn't care about how it looks. Yeah. He knows it's going full pop. When your lyrics are, little girl, I love when she talks to me. Sorry. Got the smile and she walks that walk with me. Timbaland. I want the girl, but I want a lot. <laughs> Might cross my mind, but that's where it stops. Rapey. That bitch ain't a part of me. No, that bitch ain't a part of me. Repeats that about ten times, and it's just painful. Timbaland obviously helped them with the lyrics, so. But he should have let Timbaland sing that bit. Yeah. But except that's the entire chorus. Yeah. No, that bitch ain't a part of me. That bitch ain't a part of me. It's like, man, Chris Cornell. He wrote Hunger Strike Me. Yeah. What is this? Now, I remember uh, I went to Download Festival in 2009. I think it was two months after this album came out. And I hated this so much that I didn't even walk over because mm. I knew he was going to play this. Of course I he didn't want to say it. I think as well as that, someone else was playing at the same time, possibly Prodigy or something. I want someone to say decent who yeah. put out a good album recently. Yeah. So no, actually, I think Marilyn Manson was playing at the same time, and he uh. was garbage at that festival. He had someone come out to fix his makeup. And his really? Lipstick. He had someone that he kept going like fingering to- fingering towards the <laughs> stage he kept doing that come here come here towards yeah. it and a girl would run out with a little thing and really? she'd, she'd a mirror and lipstick and she'd fix his lipstick and show him and he'd nod or say no oh, more oh, oh, oh. back out again and he was he was off his gick wow absolutely binned um, so it was I'd rather you know what I had the choice between Chris Cornell and possibly Marilyn Manson at the same time and either it was going to be a loss because he was playing this part of me song that is it's unashamed it's not even do you know what I mean and the weird thing is he he defended this up until his death, this album. like, And um, although he only played part of me, this song, that year, there's a couple of songs that lasted, even up until 2016, 17, mm. like Scream. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a completely rocked up version of it where they Course. strip out all that shite yeah. sampling mm. and stuff that just simply doesn't. Was Timbaland, just, that, I remember around that time, Timbaland was kind of spearheading the, the, the popular front 
of uh, of that kind of a chip set or chip wave or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Yeah. Where there was guys basically using like eight bit um, guys were stripping down Game Boys and stuff and pulling the the like music chips out of Game Boys and Atari Lynxes and stuff like that yeah. and hacking into them and just hacking like uh, plugging MIDI keyboards into them and just using those shitty samples kind of not even samples but those shitty kind of synths yeah. that were built into these tiny tiny Japanese chips it's, it's it's a weird sound but yeah that's and it's just leads like that yeah. it's a bit like the leads they put on uh, G Funk. Mm. Except that sounded deadly. Yeah, but this has this weird distorted square feel to it. It's mad yeah. squares and, yeah. and science. No, not science. It's fucking triangles and yeah. saw waves. Yeah. Loads of saw. Um, yeah, so that's uh, as much as I hate to put a Chris Cornell song into what were you thinking? But I remember um, at the time Trent Reznor came out and he went on Twitter and said, This is embarrassing. And he said that. He's he went, dead, right? He is dead, right? But. Because he had to tour Nine Inch Nails and Soundgarden a couple of years, a few years later, he came out and apologised and said, I'm sorry, there's no need for that. But there was a need for it. Um, although it's, it's trash. Of course the it is. The song is garbage. The, uh, Throwaway show. Now, he, he probably kept it up. He probably kept doing it. Well, he only did this song for a few months, basically a year. Yeah. Then he kept sc- the song's title track, Scream, I think, one of the other ones. But like I said, he basically just stripped them all back. And put, uh, or sorry, just rock them out, rock them out. Yeah, mm. put all the put real instruments they on. Probably it. So, had great fun so, making. So it. they didn't sound that bad when mm. they were that. But this is just pure unabashed pop. And I was, as much as I love pop and I like rock, and I don't mind when they meet. This just felt a bit cheap. Well, that's all. This is a massive problem with loads of fucking acts. Yeah. That so th- that's what I was going to say. A lot of the acts on this are rock because the what were you thinking means a lot more to a rock act yeah. than a wood to a pop pop people can get away with more than people will like because well, it starts out with garbage and finishes at that's slightly it. Like, worse pop music, slightly better garbage pop than, music itself is kind of ambiguous you know so like yeah. rock music has a very defiant yeah, trajectory and, and, you know and as much as I hate that like the whole should, rock should stay as rock keep pop out of it it can be done right Absolutely. it can be done like this, and we, this talk, is, we talked about Baroness their their latest album having elements of kind of eighties goth and stuff like that. In yeah, it. like it's still kind of within the wheelhouse of rock music, but it's, it's definitely a departure from what they were doing. Yeah, beforehand, but it still fits in with their style of music. In, in a way, I suppose I should like the way he did this because he went full pop mm. instead of bleeding it in over a course of a few albums and, and trying to drip feed it to people the way Ghost are doing. Uh, <laughs> but but, uh, but I still just I was really pissed off about it. I was like, man, that's it's real like rock is dead. It's, the bang of rock is dead. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. So that's my issue with it. Mm. Anyway, listen, that's that song. It's over now. Mm. You played it for a few months and then dropped it. Uh, what's your next one? I picked a weird one that uh, I had to do a little bit of rooting around with, and I couldn't find. I was doing a rooting around. And I saw this popping up because I'd never heard this album before. Yeah, this this is exactly. A lot of people were very very pissed off. With yeah. This. So I picked uh, the Kinks, and the song is called Labor of Love. It's from an album called State of Confusion that came out in 1983. Now, bear in mind, it's 1983. State of Confusion is the Kinks' 19th album. 19th album. That's right. The lads are kicking around the mid-60s. It's 1964 until 1996 was the initial run. Now, they got back together again a while ago. Um, they did. That's why I didn't put them on the uh, They're Never Getting Back to the List. They yeah. were one, one of my ones to go on the Never Getting yeah. Back to the List, and literally this year or the, last year. The, the Kinks are interesting. The, the Kinks are kind of, it's two brothers, Ray and Dave Davies. Yeah. Um, 
and they've had one drummer, Alvor or Alvaren, I can't remember his fucking name. Um, he's kind of been with them from the start, but he left a while ago as well. Um, so it's the two brothers essentially at the core of this band. Uh, and it's, they fucking hate each other. They really do. And you can tell it in the music because their songs can be so different and their yeah. albums and concepts and styles and just whatever they're attempting the next time can be so different than the last yeah. time. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one. Ray and Dave are the seventh and eighth children. Jesus. And all the other kids are girls. Right. So they obviously grew up just kicking lumps out of each other and they just carried on. Yeah. You know, they set the trend for fucking siblings knocking show you over each other. Um, long before Oasis. Long before Oasis. Uh, they're an interesting band. Like I said, they formed in 1986. Now, the Kinks quite possibly should have been as big as the Beatles. Yeah. However, they fucked themselves over on their first ever US tour. And they missed playing Woodstock and they missed all, all the opportunities that came really? from tour in the States, which is kind of where the Beatles got you. The Beatles were big to begin, but when they broke the States, it was all well, over. English bands and Woodstock, yeah. Lots, exactly. of, lots of them got huge off yeah, Woodstock. So they missed out on Woodstock. Now, apparently, the story goes that when they organized their first tour of the States, they got a couple of shows in, but it turns out their management had forgotten to pay. Well, they didn't know about like the fucking Teamsters or whatever the fuck it was, like the Music Union of America. And they oh, hadn't paid right. They hadn't paid their fees. Um, their whatever. I'm sure it would be considered, be close to be what like a work visa is now or a musician's visa or something like that. But they hadn't paid their, their dues, their fees to the musician. Yeah, pay, hadn't paid their fees. And because of that, they were kicked out of America and they were given a 10-year ban. And by the time they were back into the States, it was it was this mid-70s. Yeah, I mean, if you it want to was, get that it was big, done. You, have to, you have to go to America. To <laughs> exactly, big. and it was too late for them then. Like, all their big hits were already out. Um, they, they didn't want to regurgitate their older stuff. Um, didn't want to regurgitate all their old songs. Yeah, they wanted they to push their so new stuff. they so many styles they, of music. But they're just... The, the lads' writing is absolutely... like It's up there with that kind of Lennon and McCartney-esque. Yeah. Like, at them boys at their best... And didn't they invent distortion in a bicycle? Apparently, that's the that's the, that's the, the yeah. Myth. Apparently, Dave Davies invented distortion. Boy, I was Bo- reading the story. No, apparently he was sick at the same time. When they started off, they were another just she kind of Mersey B generic pop band, you know, covering Louie Louie and the, every band covered Louie Louie. That was the, that song sparked a fucking ten thousand million fucking bands out of it. So apparently, what he done was he took an old amplifier he had and he ran a cable out of it. He used it as a preamp going into another little shitty practice amp he bought and he took a razor blade and he cut the cone yeah. of the speaker. Now, not enough for it to be destroyed, but enough for it to fucking wobble yeah. and flap when he played through it. So essentially what he was doing, he was taking a more powerful guitar amp, using that as a preamp and then running the cable out of that into this other amp. Which that was also boosting it as well, so it was. It was like he had maybe to, smoothing it out a little bit. Well, he, he well, it would have essentially had loads of gain going into an amplifier that probably didn't have gain on it to begin with. So he ended up with that full. beautiful, isn't it? However, what you hear on the recording is not that. It's not definitely not that. It's not that. They just they replicated. They went to the producer and goes, "No, I can do that better without sound." They figured out a way of replicating in a studio, but he is considered to be the person that invented distortion on the guitars, right? Because he's a mad bastard. Um, So yeah, they lost. The the, the lads were the lads used to fucking kill each other. Yeah, I heard the the story. Murder, kill each other. The drummer threw a fucking uh, 
Hoi had stand at Dave one night and hit him so hard. He, he was knocked out on stage. They had to pull him into a hospital. He had to get 16 stitches in his head. 16? 16, 16 stitches. The drummer belted him. They were all killing each other, not just the brothers. Jesus. Now, apparently the band knocked it on the head was because Dave, in particular, is very difficult. Yeah. And the drummer, I should know his fucking name. It's bothering me now that I can't remember. Um, the drummer fucking hated him. Kinks, Put, King Kink, Walker. Beats McKinks. Exactly, yeah. Johnny McDrumsticks. <laughs> and um, he couldn't fucking take it anymore. He just couldn't do it. So, uh, it's... This song... Listen to this song, right? So, for... Here's what I'll tell everybody. Listen to this song and see how terrible it is. But then go and have a listen to like a co- any other any other Kink songs. Like, first of all, you know loads of them. Yeah. Whether you know it's the Kinks or not, you know loads of them, right? But this song, it's got it's like this UB forty ish kind of fucking pop reggae oh. shit synthesizer. Like just throw away yeah, it's garbage. Bad. It's fucking dire. It has no redeeming qualities. Whatsoever. What were they thinking, girl? What the fuck were they thinking? What the were they thinking? Stupid kinks. Hey, that's the name of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but it's far from the quality that people expected from the kinks. Yeah. Now, in terms of this album, I don't know about this album. I haven't listened to the whole thing all the way through. I, I can tell you that this is the worst song on that album. Uh, I couldn't tell you whether this is the worst song the kinks ever produced, but <laughs> it's up there. <laughs> it's uh, it's definitely definitely up there. This is one of these songs that people talk about online as being like one of the worst songs from an amazing band. Yeah. So which this, is, is another sort of almost another title for this podcast. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. Not really much. though. Yeah. Yeah. We we wanted to find out what where they were at the time, what they were thinking, but you'll never really get interviews about Kings about this album, possibly, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's just one of those kind of forgotten about albums. Yeah, like, not talk about it's it their anymore. 19th fucking album, like, yeah. and it was, well, it was another, like, 13 years before they kind of finally broke up anyway. But apparently, they, they were so bad at, like, fighting on stage that they would do stuff like... On stage as well, yeah. Oh, stage. they killed each other on stage. Killed each other on stage. There's, there's a million stories about mad shit they're doing on stage. Would you be pissed off if you paid money and saw band battering each other? Because part of me would go, ha <laughs> I might be into that. I've Wit- witnessing history. Yeah, just that's something saying. You go, ooh. But apparently they done, they done a 45 minute gig once that all they did. Martin Volbeat's last gig anyway. Yeah. Belfast. <laughs> just saying. But apparently the Kinks for 45 minutes only played You Really Got Me. 45 minutes long is what they, they just done that. Did they play the solo a few times? Because that's a great solo. 45 minutes worth of it. That's all they do to annoy people. Although I do get the two big songs mixed up a lot in my right, head. Yeah, yeah, all day and all the night and fucking, yeah. You really got me. Yeah. No, the solos from You Really Got Me. It's, yeah. yeah. That's a growl, oh, what a solo. But, listen, they, they ended up doing uh, 28 albums in their initial <laughs> run. 28 albums. That's 27 m- if you don't count this one. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I think they might have put more out. And they all went, they all done loads of stuff. Uh, I think the drummer might have played with the Rolling Stones for a while. Um, I think... Uh, but when they did knock it on the head in 96, they all went off doing their own stuff. I think Dave might have wrote a couple of musicals. I also believe they done the first ever rock opera, but it came, for some reason it came out the same year as Tommy, and Tommy uh, overshadowed it. Yeah, they would have been fighting with the Hoover for. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and the Hoover, they, they paid their. The Hoover, Hoover's. They paid their. Uh, <laughs> the Hoover's. They paid their uh, visas. Yeah, exactly. Their, the, the, the band they done it. Uh, anyway, that was the Kinks Labour Love from 1983. Who's your next one? Next one is Serge Gainsborough with Charlotte Gainsborough, Lemon Incest. Dirty. From 1985. From his album, Love on the Beat, and her album as well, the next year, uh, Charlotte Forever. Oh, this is a, this, 
This song gives me the creeps. Really does. You like it now? Well, <laughs> he's singing a song with his thirteen-year-old daughter. The song is called "Lemon Incest." Mm. It's definitely about so. It's 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 him. Pu- he pushes buttons. I get that. That's fine. But I think this for me is an uncomfortable button push because the cover, the, the cover, the single, the uh, the video is kind of creepy. Mm. You're singing a song that's called "Lemon Incest" because it's sort of a play on words of lemon zest. Mm. Um. With your daughter, and the lyrics are like, it got, it got, it got. <laughs> the lyrics are something like love that we can't do, or love that will oh, never happen. Jesus Christ! Ah, stop that! Yeah, that's that's. There's no need for it, Sergio. You, you fucking, you're a legend. Give it up. Yeah, I know he likes to push buttons and get his daughter in into the spotlight as well. But this to me was as well as that. It's a bit of a rip off of a uh, safety dance. Remember yeah. that's because it has that thing in it. Do you have any of the lyrics written down there? They're all in French, so yeah, just translate. To, to translate gives what, gives a shot. The worst one was, "We are doing love that we cannot." Or sorry, this is love that we can never do together. Oh, and I think that means else, they just look at each other while they're wanking. But you see, you see, the reason I didn't write all the lyrics down is because like they would be lost in translation. Yeah, and in, 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 in a situation like this, it's from it's about the heart, lad. Yeah, this is about the heart. Situation like this is the love between it, a father no, no, and a daughter. I could have lost a lot of the nuances, which still are. That's it's, good. It's still. It's still a double on Tom. It's fieldier. Double That's more, more, in, more interesting listening. Um, it was a scandalous song. I mean, people went absolutely mad about it. Going, That's fucking good. ridiculous and weird and creepy. Good. And don't do that. Uh, it's clearly about the impossible physical love between an adult and a child. That's fucking manky. Yeah, I'm not into it. Uh, like, I like creepy. loads of mad shit, but I don't like that. Yeah, like... I like pushing boundaries with mad shit, but when it's his own, he's just just sang it without That's her. That's your baby. She used to live in your balls. Yeah, like in the balls, literally in the balls. And stop trying to get her to get back in there. Like fucking <laughs> leave her alone. Like or stop trying to get them in. Yeah, whatever, ah, whatever way yeah. sex works. Just stick yeah. your balls in, don't you? Always, of course. Yeah, of course. But not obviously. Not in this case. No, you're Ever. not allowed to do that. That's your daughter. Anyway, I'm even getting shivers thinking about that. That's already pretty cold. <laughs> Creepy. Serge, not into it. What were you thinking? <coughs> Next one. What's yours? Uh, my other one is real short. Um, and it's kind of a follow-up to a podcast we done a while ago. Right. Which is about scumbags, the insufferables. <laughs> and uh, People like that one, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, so, for, thanks for your earlier... Good downloads on that. Yeah, there was actually, yeah. Um, a, a little continuation. And it's uh, Chuck Berry... And the song is my dingaling. That's awful. So like, I hate this song. Like, man. First of all, it's terrible. It's but so like, bad. lad. And his version is bad as well. Yeah, but like, he's a sexual predator. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Like, like, <laughs> like I'm going back to the name of the podcast. Like, what's he thinking? Releasing a song called My Dingaling. Maybe he just meant his camera. No, we absolutely did, he left he did, him absolutely did. Toilets, didn't. One hundred percent. No, I want you to play with my dingaling. And like, he, he's given interviews about it. And like, people who like Chuck Berry. Hate this fucking song. And yeah, they're right. It's stupid. They're right. It's fucking crap. Because he was, whatever about him, good at the music. I, phenomenal. Do, do you know what's weird about this song? The name of it and the title. Well, every, and everything. Just, everything. The essence of pretty, it. Pretty much everything. Can I hear a can opening? Um, There's a can opening. Oh, delicious can. <laughs> um, this is his only number one single. I heard that. How mad is that? Uh, That's fucking horrific. You want to know another cool fact? Yes. About this horrific song? In 1977. NASA launch Voyager 1 and Voyager 2 two space probes right off like, they go like use your illusion 1 and a little bit exactly hope they don't come back into the podcast hope they don't come back either 
So they launched Voyager 1 and Voyager 2 out into space, hurtling through the black fucking abyss, fucking broadcasting, fucking Earth this way, aliens. Before they had lads singing David Bowie in the... Exactly, right? Nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. Do you know what's on Voyager 1 and Voyager 2? No. A gold-plated record that plays Johnny B. Good by Chuck Berry. Really? Yep. Gold-plated record? A gold-plated 12-inch record. As in the... How does that play? An L- no, it's just gold-plated. We'll play, yeah. Will it? Yeah. Absolutely. Not wrecked the needle? Nope. Well, it will, yeah. It'll be one and done, like. One and... But th- well, to be fair, most most record needles are diamond-tipped. Fair, so. And it'll be the least expensive thing on that. And it's in space. Yeah, it's in I space. don't think Martians have fucking Technics 1210s. I don't think so. Um, but yeah, 12-inch fucking uh, gold-plated record to have Chuck Berry's Johnny B. Good flying through... The cosmos, as we speak. What are they there for? I'd say NASA are sickened now, since they failed to have videos of boards pissing and jacking. Oh, they're still up there. They're floating, in, still in space, man. I don't know where they're Flying. Well, I thought they fell apart. Don't after get it. A no, few years. no, they're fucking off. They go. Still banging. Oh, could be worse. Imagine like there was just an actual twelve ten, just constantly set to repeat. Johnny, be good, and that's what it's transmitting into space. Imagine and we get by aliens. We, we get like sex aliens, alien sex fans. But maybe they're the opposite. Maybe they go. That's a, clearly a pedo planet. Let's blow it up. Maybe. That'd be, I'd be into that as well. Don't have to pay rent anymore if you die. Remember that. Oh, that'd be the best part. <laughs> Wouldn't it? Yeah. Wouldn't it? No and more rent. Or no, bills. No more ibuprofen. Oh, no more anything. <laughs> no more anything. No more points. Uh, that's, Nothing. That's bad, but... Yeah. No. Fucking yeah. no more anything. I'd be into that. <laughs> My dingling. His version is crap as well. It's a fucking... This song is... Nobody... This is just shite. It doesn't matter who done it. No, this is. This is fucking... Trent Reznor could do this. This is Ain Fuckalella. That's all. That's, That's exactly what it is. Stupid. Yeah. Timmy Mallet bullshit. Timmy, Mr. Blobby Scutter is what this is. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it can fucking fuck all the way off. <laughs> it's definitely his war song, and it's definitely one of the war songs ever made. And not only is it just like musically bad and torturous, it's fucking, it's actually painful. And it's the worst thing he ever did musically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, right, let's move off Chuck Berry. He's got enough time, the horrible cunt. Yeah. Uh, here's your next one. It's a Danzig song. And weirdly enough, I've been wanting to get Danzig, mm. I won't say on the podcast, because he won't answer the phone, uh, on, oh, on, lost the, on, on, on the playlist. And it's unfortunate that he's coming in on a what, you, what, what the fuck are you thinking podcast. But this is from, this song is Crying in the Rain, the cover of Crying in the Rain, made famous by, uh, a little bit by Everly Brothers, but more so, aha. Mm. Um, this is from the 2015 covers album Skeletons, oh, which is disaster. Painful. For me, it's actually, it didn't do too badly and it didn't get reviewed well, that's, too was, badly. Was that, that was his fourth one back in fucking years. No, 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 because it was the one after uh, the one with Juju Bone on it. No, so he had a, he had a, an okay album. Oh, he done like Danzig 17 or something, didn't he? And oh, then he done that. I can't remember the name of it. It's called Verotica, Blood it's Red. Fun. Blood Red. Something, but it's all right. The album was actually all yeah, right. Yeah. It was only a few years later. He decided oh, to Verotica is his, is his um, cartoon that he's made, his movie. Mm. I, keep, I keep saying Dirty Black Red Summer, but it's Black Red Something. Dirty Black, Black Red, Red Summer. But anyway, this is an album full of covers, and I was actually excited. Yeah, so was There's I. an Elvis cover on it. Yeah. There's a Black Sabbath cover on it. Now, the Black Sabbath cover is my most, dis- the, mo- the most I felt disappointed with, because he did nib. Uh, whatever way you call it, yeah. NIB, Nativity in Black, whatever. It's fucking atrocious. And most of it is because the recording of it mm. is painful. It sounds like you recorded it under a sink. Yep. There's the little press under a sink. Yeah. Or 
One of them sheds you buy in Woodies. Yes. That's what it sounds like. sheds yeah. in Woodies. Yeah. Just, one, I know you found three in the middle of the room. But it's but the vocals are so high that yeah. they're picking up mostly his scratchy vocals. Well, I guarantee you, if you read it, it says produced by Danzig. Whenever you, whenever something sounds like shy, read the read the production credits, and you'll always find it's produced by their singer. So what he does is put his vocals yeah. up on everything else. Turn me up, because some of the because he's deaf. Turn me up. Yeah, some of the music on the album Skeletons is not that bad, and some of the ideas. Do you know what? The faster songs are fine because he gets away with murder in the faster songs because yeah. he's got riffs. <laughs> but it's stuff like Nib and this crying in the rain, especially that are actually painful to listen mm. to. So I'm like. What? What was? What? Why did you bother doing this? Man? Pointless, yeah, pointless. The, the uh, whole album is fucking shite. It's shite. As is Morrissey's covers album. Yes, it's like that pointless. Yes, but it's I, feel, no I feel like at least I knew a lot of the songs off this. Was there Morrissey's? Yeah, one. just just pulling shite out of his howl. You, you can do a, a fucking wanky self-serving so, a load of songs that only you know. Yeah, it's basically like us doing a Lost Gems podcast or yeah. something like that, and we we will eventually do something like that. Songs that we don't think other people know or yeah. whatever, or maybe they do know or. I think we might have done that already. Twice. I don't think really, no. Do you mean No, well, I don't know. I don't know. But this is a... I was really disappointed with this. Mainly the production is is, is so... And he's, he's lazy in it. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. really... Yeah, there's his no vocals effort vocals are really lazy. There's to, no effort. To the point where I heard this one, oh, shit, he's, he's done now. His vocals well, yeah, are done. Well, I, thought, I thought it was a demo. When I forced, it sounds like a demo. It sounds like a the, demo, the, exactly, yeah. The first, uh, the first song might have been leaked online. And I didn't. I, I don't know what the first song was. So I didn't know who the fuck. It was uh, the first one. Was oh god! I don't, so I, I don't think I knew it anyway. I don't think I knew the song. I do know. Um, whatever was leaked, and um, I remember listening to it going, "That can't be right." Like that sounds like it sounds like somebody played it on their phone, and another person pressed record on sang their over, phone. Exactly. It sounds like sang, someone's singing yeah. over something like that from yeah. a phone. It's just yeah. Like there's a couple of degrees of separation b- b- between the actual audio track and what you're listening yeah. to it on. That's what it sounded like to me. And then the album actually came out, and everyone sat down and listened to it the day it came out. And everyone, do you remember? I remember the day it came out. Yeah. Loads of people I know, massive yeah. fans were all like, "What online, the fuck? What the fuck yeah. is this, mate? Full on, what the fuck, like?" Because this sounds whatever about your lack of effort on the songs, because he sounds lazy on them. Yeah, and he doesn't. He can he can go a lot higher when he wants to, mm. and he he ducks out a lot of the high notes, especially on crying in the rain. I'll do my cry in the rain. It's like, yeah. ah, it's right. Did you ever see his comeback special? Like, he tried to do the Elvis comeback special, like, live. I've heard about this. The Elvis song on it that he does, I can't remember the name, it's not the worst. It's fucking Because mad. it suits his voice. This doesn't suit his voice at all. No. No. I don't, I don't know much about the Everly Brothers original, but I obviously, I'm a fan of the, excuse me, the Aha one. And you're doing Martin Harker, who does have a low enough voice, but then when he goes high, he goes real fucking yeah. high. Seamlessly. Danzig skips out all, all the hard bits and just, just drags yeah. through. Yeah. And it's the last song on the album. It sounds like they should have... What, what, first of all, what were you thinking doing this album? But mainly, what were you thinking putting this song yeah. at the end of it? Because you could have scrapped it and, and it would have gotten away with just Nib being the, war, the really worst song on it. <laughs> it's a major disappointment. 2015, I remember it well. And uh, oof, yeah, the album after it was shy. Same vocal, st- same yeah. production style. Yeah. If he keeps doing this... He's, uh, he is done then. He's done. At least he's got, got the Misfits to fall back on now. But then I went to watch him singing live and he's singing high and oh, grand. Yeah, that's what he does. When he does live gigs, he just shouts. And that's fine. That gets away with that's it. That's fine. He should have done that with this. Fine. Although if he shouted on this, it would really overpower the music. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. It's it's get a fucking proper engineer and producer in, you stupid uh, bastard. It's, it's, a, it's one of the most disappointing albums that I was looking forward to. But mm. uh, what's your next one anyway? Next one is Blondie, The Tide Is High. Yeah, I don't know why you picked this. Now, I don't like this song. But, but uh, is it... Is it a bad meal for them? 
It's shite. It is shite. It's just, it doesn't make sense. Like it sounds like a hula song or something. Well, it's a cover of a. It's a it's a reggae song, right? It's originally by a band so, called yeah. the Paragons, who were an actual Jamaican band, and the original version of it came out in 1967. This to me is just this pandering kind of shite. Is what this sounds like. Yeah, from a band that had like real good bangers. They, now I know they were varied in their style. Yeah, they jump between punk and disco, and they yeah. they always found a way of mixing those two kind of genres together. Um, th- this to me is just kind of club bullshit. It's a, it is a bit of a low point for yeah. me. Creatively, first of all, it's a cover. Second of all, it's a cover of a shite song. Yes. And totally, it's a shite cover of a shite song. Yeah. Fourthly, it's reggae. Yeah. Um, <sighs> which can proper fuck off. As, we've this, made, we've made no bounds about yeah, it. Yeah. Um, like this is off the album Auto American, which is their fifth studio album, and it came out in 1980. So they did an awful, like, they were floating around for goodwill. The band formed in 1974, so they're doing the rounds for a long, long fucking time. Yeah. Um, I always thought they were English. Uh, as, as a kid, I thought they were English. Cause they, there's something they, weird with no, war. Yeah, like, I think t- two, most of the members are from New York. Obviously. Yeah, I think there's there something is weird with war. I think she, I, she's, I think she's from New York, but she grew up in England. I can't, yeah. I can't remember. There's some sort of connection there. And they, I know that they, they hung out in England an awful lot. Like, her and Nancy Spongeon, who, uh, fucking Sid Vicious, uh, quote unquote killed. Um, well, we said on the podcast, yeah, so we, exactly, have to, yeah. we have to stand uh, by that they, now. They, they were they were real good mates. Now I know Nancy, I think was from New, New York as well. I don't know if they knew each other beforehand or afterwards or during. I don't know. Um, but like Blondie were one of the kind of OG CBGBs bands. You know, they had that like they were ingrained into that punk scene. Now, punk back then would have been very. The, the term would have been loose. They I mean, were I'd, putting disco into it and everything. Yeah, yeah. like, but, but but even but punk, especially New York bands. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I dealing with like television and stuff like that as well. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it's, it's when you think when I think of New a York, lot of punk, great stuff oh, in it. Yeah, and a lot of yeah. <laughs> exactly talking heads would have been in there as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when I think of New York punk, I think of obviously stuff like Ramones and yeah. that type of shit. What that they would have been the people who held on to the moniker for the longest. Yeah. But Blondie were happy enough to be born in that scene. Not necessarily born in it, but part of that scene in its in its kind of junior to, infant ready, stage. Clearly ready to dump it whenever they and felt. Absolutely ditched it like a hot snow. Yeah, as soon as fucking you know, disco came. Not necessarily came back, but had a little ditched resurgence. Ditched it like your Lost Prophets fucking singles collection. Exactly, straight into the charity shop. Couldn't even put that in the bin. You have to melt that in the bath, wouldn't you? Oh, they pop up in charity shops every now and again. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Do they know they yeah. shouldn't be selling them? Probably not, because it's a charity shop. But if someone bought them, technically it'd go towards the good of children. Yeah, and then you could fuck in the bill. Yeah. If you wanted. So, yeah, just, yeah. Or you could listen to one or two of the cool songs on Shinobi vs. Dragon Ninja and not tell anyone. I don't like them. I yeah. never liked the band, and I remember meeting them. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Not meeting them, but I saw them in Fibbers, the way they walked in. Actually, do you know what? It was mainly him. I think they wanted free beer. Of course. No, he just wanted free beer. He wasn't expected to pay for drinks in Covers New York. Of course he wasn't. And they had loads of fans in it, so I remember being in there going, they look like the biggest pile of pricks. Or something. Yeah. Like, then you I know, can't remember whether it was a lot of them, but... So that, that album, uh, Shinobi vs. Dragon Ninja, there's an original version of that floating around before the uh, record label got the hands on it. Stay away from that guy, you'll be putting a list. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. On a list. Yeah, I don't have it, I don't have it. I don't even have the other one. But uh, the, that album, that done real well for them, there's an original version of it where it's just more of a metal, straight up metal kind of hardcore punky, whatever bullshit, scene start, fucking emo shite, whatever. Like, more straight ahead, just guitars, bass, drums, screaming and shouting. And then all that fucking, kind of little bit of synthesizer and DJ scratching, you kind of shit start getting big. 
and the label wants them to go back and layer all that back in the top of it. Yeah. That's the one that made the money. But apparently there's a version of that doing the rounds. I, mean, I tell you. No, I don't care. There's a long road from Shinobi, what was it? Shinobi versus Dragon Ninja. Shinobi versus Dragon Ninja to Watkins versus the people. <laughs> yeah. But to be honest with you, and I'm not going to lie. It doesn't matter. I never, no. ever liked this band. Yeah. And I'm so... Because I have a history of liking people that turned out ropey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> And your Gary Glare tattoo. Jesus, I forgot about that. On your hole. <laughs> Where else? <laughs> um, yeah. What are we talk about, Blondie? Uh, Blondie, yeah. I can, uh, you know what the gas thing is? I obviously was born way after Blondie had peaked. Peaked. Mm. And the more I go back, I like early Blondie stuff like mm. War Child yeah. and even the, the 80s stuff. And then it gets to stuff like this. From yeah, like, this. Uh, and again, this is from 1980, but it, it, it's a weird oh, sore right. point. Yeah, I always thought this was later. No, it's all the way, yeah. But it's, it's this kind of Afro-Caribbean shy, like with the steel drum and the... Sure, like they tried rap. On, oh, yeah, on yeah. Rap she she was very she was very interested in rap. And um, it didn't sound too bad when she rapped. But yeah, like they... they that's a finger in every pie band. Yeah. That's also, you know this, you know where Debbie Harry played the taxi dispatcher in GTA Voice that's right. Yeah. And she's on the radio. You can hear her on the radio station yeah. as well. Uh, oh, she's yeah. on one of them, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you know, I, for some reason, I always end up with the Grand Theft Auto facts about bands and songs. Well, to be, and I don't even play Grand Theft Auto. To be fair, they've, Grand Theft Auto has come up a good bit because yeah. when Voice City and San Andreas came out, they sucked up so many bangers and also underlying bangers that we loved. Yeah. And it brought them out to the light. So yeah. it's, it goes... To, it, it was important as well. It yeah. is me- it's yeah. worth mentioning, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, for, for a band that were essentially a punk and a new wave band, um, that obviously, as you said, dabbled in loads of different styles of music, this is just cheap. Um, I know it's a cover, but it's just it's cheap and it, it, it taints them in my eyes from being like a, a real proper band. Who's your next one? This song is atrocious. Here we go. This is... Uh, Welcome to my world. Oh, no. Guns N' Roses, my world, from the 1991 album. Use your illusion too. This is the last track on the album, and one funny fact I'll get out of the way quickly is he Straddle had no idea this song even existed really? until he listened to this album when it came out. They didn't even tell him about it because they probably t- probably said to him. I think no. What happened was he knew it existed. I think they were playing around with messing, yeah. and it ended up they were on mushrooms when they wrote it. And he was like, "No, I'm not having it." No, but like I just think he thought it was a joke that wasn't going to be put on the album, but it's Axel and it ended up there. This song is a very strange little short song. It sounds like it sounds you know what it sounds exactly like? It sounds exactly like Dave Mustaine from P Cells singing yeah. over a track from uh Pretty Hate Machine by Nine Inch Nails. It's pretty bad. Now, what we know is that that is actually almost why no it is it is that's not a coincidence that it sounds like that mm. um i was nearly bored a hole in that table that's right. really trying to, just, just really trying to stop this fire happen this actual big fire should we just let a big big fire happen let's not i nearly bought me fucking arm there Shit. on the candle we're putting out a fire i'm gonna leave this in the podcast actually, fire. Yeah, I'm leave that yeah. uh speaking of big fires welcome to my world you want to love the white world what do you mean, Adam? But it has this bass line, which actually sounds like the bass line from... Um, it sounds exactly like a bit of a Army of Me by Bjork. Yeah. But uh, you know what the guy's thing? If they had it stuck to it and kept with it, but it just veers off to yeah. just porn noises, yeah. sex noises and stuff like that. Now, I dug a little bit deeper because I had to know more about this song. Uh, Axl Rose, at the time, in 1991, was a giant Nine Inch Nails fan. Okay. 
um, to the point where he went, I want them supporting Guns N' Roses. Yeah. Now, at the time, you, you remember from the documentary uh, on Netflix, the uh, Defiant Ones? Yep. How much of a fucking businessman, but I don't give a fuck guy Trent Reznor was. Mm. Um, it must have been a hard decision for him to go, right, I'll do some gigs with Guns N' Roses, but also, it's a brilliant idea as well as a businessman. Well, we, we talked about this before as well. There's a, there is a connection. We done this on uh, one of the Patreon podcasts, actually. Where the, the connection Patreon. between, yeah, uh, the, the connection between Nine Inch Nails and uh, Guns N' Roses exactly, over, over yeah. You Could Be Mine for the the Terminator Two soundtrack. They are th- those two bands are strangely linked. We've we've yeah, like I said, we've covered a lot. We won't go too much into the Robert Freese and stuff. Robert Freese is that, and, and um, but uh, so, so he was so into them. He sent um, Matt Sorum out. I think I was listening to uh, just. Here's the card. Go out and buy me like whatever big. I'm so into Nine Inch Nails. I want to know more. Whatever gear they use, get me. In. No, 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 no. No albums like that. Oh, so we brought back to the studio some like Front Two Four Two yeah. and uh, Skinny Puppy and stuff like yeah. that. And he Axel was apparently just lapping this up, going, "This is the future." Mm. So apparently they recorded this. Apparently they were on a great mood, like a fun mood when they recorded this and stuff like that. Things were going quite well, and um, they just finished uh, getting the ring. So they were, they were having the crack. <laughs> they were smoking weed, doing mushies, and this song, which is weird, it came out because it sounds like a fucking WWE yeah. Raw era yeah. fucking entrance music for Kane or... or Soundtrack music, yeah. yeah. For fucking Undertaker or something like that. No, not Undertaker, I don't know. It's just, it is it is that feel. Um, but to the point where he was so into it, he asked Nine Inch Nails to support Guns N' Roses mm. on two gigs. At least two gigs, or else they only lasted two gigs, because Trent Reznor said they were the two worst gigs Nine Inch Nails have ever played. Really? Yeah. The first one was in Germany, mm. and the fans... This was, Now, this was pre-Closer, mm. and Downward Spiral, where they would have gotten to a much bigger audience. They weren't that, that big at the time. Oh, yeah. It was big enough. It was head like a hole, but it wasn't. Yeah. So it may be broken era in Not between? Either. No? No. So 90... It was... No, because... Downward Spiral was 94 mm. and Broken was like 92 or 3. So this this was literally just Pretty Hate Machine and they weren't... Guns, you take the gig. You take the gig. Of course you do. So they went to Germany. Uh, ironically, I think this is funny to happen in Germany who are so open to industrial music mm. in general. Fans absolutely slaughtered them. Mm. Started throwing sausages at them. <laughs> I'm not just saying, like, oh, like they went to France and they had baguettes thrown at them. They literally had sausages. Actually sa- threw sausages yeah. at them. Due to the research on this, I was, I was listening to just interviews with Trent Reznor, and he said, as he was just, he just looked down and there was sausages all over the stage, and he was like, What the fuck am I doing? What here? have we done? What have we done? They only lasted two gigs. Now, I don't know whether there was two what gigs. What were we thinking? Was, what were we thinking? Hey. Um, oddly enough, this is one of Duff's favorites, the Duff McKagan's favorite songs. Really? Them. Yeah. That's because it's fucking different, isn't it? Sick it's of playing fucking yeah. guitar shows. They, uh, they never performed it live, obviously, because it's it's terrible. I have to give it to Axl Rose. I think I appreciate that he pushed Nine Inch Nails and he wanted to go. He said he said he he wanted to go in an industrial way. He said this to the band. He never said in an interview. He said the opposite. He said no, we never we were never going to go uh, industrially kind of after this. But mm. he said to the band because at the time. I think Matt Sorum and Duff McKagan said he was so into this. The next album, proper album, would have been loads of this. Yeah. Loads of it. Because that's the, so the imagine, future. Imagine a Guns N' Roses industrial album. Well, it would sound loads like this because yeah. it didn't work. Of course. 
that's why it's on the what the fuck were you thinking yeah. list because this is it's painful to listen to mm-hmm. now it's a bit of crack and it's at the end of an album so you can skip it or just not listen to it whatever but Guns N' Roses my world <laughs> I remember having this t-shirt when I was a kid right and it was uh, it was obviously a bootleg and I don't know what age I was it would have been a year or so after usually it was one and, one and two because it came out the same year wasn't it you bought both one yeah so I remember uh, when was the slaying gig do you remember? Was yeah, it around then? With Metallica and Fight No More. I can't remember what fucking year that was. Um, Guns N' Roses played Slain. And, uh, it was a, which is a big joint castle here in, in, in Ireland. And uh, it's kind of one of these famous venues because it's, it's huge. And um, somebody, I think, went to the gig and they brought me back a Guns N' Roses t-shirt. And it had, it had the like bow covers on it. One yellow, one blue. So 92 they played and someone brought me back a t-shirt and they were obviously too cheap to buy me like a real one from the stall. So they bought one out of the fucking back of a van or something in the car park. And when I tell you the screen print on it was so heavy, <laughs> right? It was so thick and so heavy that you couldn't really lean forward properly wearing the t-shirt, right? It was, it was like having, it was like having a piece of cardboard. Was it like you were trying to steal a vinyl from a shop? That's what you it was like. You stuck it up your top yeah. and you walked out. It was, that's what I've ever done. It was fucking rock hard and to this day, I'm convinced that it's done damage to me nipples. <laughs> I'm not joking. Do you know what? Apparently nip, nipple damage is a real thing and you can't like perpetually damage a nipple. So like if you're wearing like something that frays them, yeah. they get, of course, they'd be Sore, worn out, like. And then that rubs even more yeah. against them. You can dry them you'd nipples be, out. Of course, you'd be in shite. Dry nips. But I always remember. Wait, 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 you say that now. What's wrong with your nips now that you think that? They're, they're not great, actually. Why? They're itchy. I have itchy nipples the last year. I'm beginning <sighs> to think there's something wrong with me. Is it cause, is it cause fighting them all right now? Start guns and roses. They come back to slain a few years ago. I don't really care about since then, either, it either of them, really, anymore. I don't care about fighting them all. Not really, no. I know. I don't hate them. I just I don't really care One that much. Of the best bands in the world. I probably Not agree with now, you. But yeah, like I probably were. agree with you. But I just. But your nipples are hurting too. I mean, yeah, I've got itchy nipples the last year, and it's bothering me. But I think it might be down to that Guns N' Roses T-shirt I had as a child. I would have only been eleven or twelve. When I, I have. It. I I've only experienced that when I bought a very expensive, rare Liverpool jersey that had. Instead of screen printing or, or embroidery, uh, embroidery on it, they had embroidery on it, but the corner of one of the logos literally lands oh, point bang right on a nip on the top of the nip, and every time you tore it all, it will oh, shred it. Rough. Do you ever wear a wetsuit? Apparently, they're even more, they're torture. Yeah, and it's the same as their uh, running gear, like you know, yeah, like yeah. Uh, poly, most, polyester running gear. Yeah, most runners and cyclists and uh, divers, they just get like half a tub of Vaseline and Ooh. just destroy their nipples before they put anything on them. What about? A pl- I remember literally not joking. I, I can't, can't believe I thought about nipples. Yeah, but I came into Thomas House one time after the second time I wore this jersey, mm. and I had that. I had a plaster on my nipple. Oh yeah, to stop that from happening. Yeah. I, I believe you. And I literally was telling telling the lads about it. Look, plaster on my nipple right now. They're like, no, you don't. I took it up. They're like, what the yeah. fuck? Did you get a nipple pierced? I was like, no, no. This is this jersey. This is the, the pain. The corner of this embroidery stabbed me. Stabs it. Oh, don't and it, bl- it bled. Yeah. <laughs> Guns and Roses nipple bleeding <laughs> since 1991. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is your next one? Uh, my next one is uh, Bad Brains. And the song is called uh, "Justice Keepers." You're, what? Where the? What the fuck were they thinking yeah. during this song? This, this is 
this is a step. This is a this is a fall, not a step down. This is jumping down the escalator. Yeah, head first. So, okay, I don't even know really where to begin here. Uh, this is from incredibly talented band. Bad Brains are one of the best bands to ever pick up guitars. One of the most influential. They're just an incredible band. Uh, HR, the singer, is kind of a scumbag, but he's also mad, so you kind of get to let him I don't know about his madness. No, he's a, oh, hang on. Did you tell, yeah, he's a Rastafarian, so he agrees with all the things the Rastafarians agree with. A proper, I, like, homophobic yeah, shit. Yeah, full, full blown. I can tell you right now, I'm yeah. so not into that. Yeah. Um, so this, uh, came out in 1995. It's an album called God of Love, and it was Madonna's record label, Maverick Records, that put it out. Uh, it was, who, uh, this was produced by Rick Ocasek, this whole album, from the Cars. Um, produced, he's a great producer, actually. Yeah, he, he produced, have, this sounds good, okay, good this album. Died recently. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he, uh, he produced this entire album. It sounds good, though. Some of the best albums sound great, but yeah. the content <laughs> is... The, here's the problem with this, is, oh, this is kind of a clusterfuck of, of a situation. Bad Brains were in the middle of trying to make the transition from being like a punk band or a hardcore band, they were a hardcore band, um, into being a reggae band. They were kind of half done with the jumping around, playing mad fucking heavy music yeah. and shit like that. So this album is very, very reggae heavy. Okay? Now... That's right. They, but they, but didn't they have another reggae album that wasn't, if you like that... They done an actual reggae album. That was later. received well. Yeah, a straight up they, they They were also as into that, even when they were starting off. They yeah, they, they, they changed names as well for a couple of years. They called themselves Soul Brains for a while as well. And I think they concentrated mm. more on, on, well, like on reggae stuff. As, what I'm trying to say is, as much as I do not like reggae, apparently this was not a bad reggae. Well, if you like reggae, I'm sure Bad Brains reggae is fine. Because let's, let's be honest, if all reggae like, is the fucking same. If you like reggae... Then that's it. You're, you're, you're not really looking for much in our life. Yeah. <laughs> so this album has loads of reggae songs in it. So when you do get a, a song that is a classically themed heavy guitar punk song by Bad Brains, you kind of expect it to fit in with the old stuff, you know, Band in DC, yeah. whatever, you know. Oh my sailing God, on. Just it's just outrageous. Band in DC... You'll never get another song like that again. No. But yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Absolutely bananas band. Do, do but, you know what? I had to just say, the first time I heard Band in DC, I was like, it's a, it's good. Yeah. But then that bit in the middle, you're like, yeah. oh my God. They're so, they're so good at twisting stuff around. The like, way they shift, yeah. that gear shift in yeah. the middle of uh, Band in DC. Yeah. That's how they got famous. <laughs> it's just yeah, so good. Th- that's how ba- Bad Brains kind of got... The yeah. music changes. His mm-hmm. vocal style yeah. could, becomes a completely different. He starts yeah. singing. Yeah. He's English as well. Is he? Yeah, yeah. Him and his brother, the drummer, um, about born in England. Shit. Um, we have a good story about born in England, or living in England and drummers later, but yeah. keep, uh, keep doing that, but... <laughs> uh, the, the band kept... The band kept breaking up around this time. They, they used to break up and yeah. not break up and yeah. have big blowouts. See, HR is, like I said, HR is fucking mad, right? And um, they had a GoFundMe for him recently because he has this like, chronic migraine syndrome or something where he just constantly has headaches. And that he's, must he, be an option. He, he, he blames his madness on that. Well, um, to be fair, if that's true, maybe. I absolutely would. But at the same time, they'd done a couple of reunion gigs there uh, about three years ago and he came out dressed as a king wearing like a big joint purple cape, a crown and a scepter, no. and he just stood there. But if I had two months of migraines, I'd go mental. Yeah, I, I don't those know. Are, those are the dirty headaches. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I, I'm not 
saying I don't agree or believe that he yeah. suffers. I just think that there's a big ball of absolute mayhem and his name is HR. Um, the singer like it's he doesn't make any sense he the, the band they took this album on tour with beastie boys and they were supporting beastie boys on the license to ill tour what year was this uh 1995 right, i think it was right, okay and um so they broke up i think in 96 95 96 after this, after this. Yeah. they were touring this album madonna got them because beastie boys had a subsidiary of maverick records called Grand Royale, I think it was called, ah. which was their record label. Right. So, um, and Bad Brains had just been signed to Madonna's label. So they were kind of half in the same bed anyway. So Beastie Boys took them on tour. Now, well, we you talked know, about. When Beastie Boys signed to that label, Madonna's label, they dropped all their misogynistic type lyrics. Oh, fuck right, they did, yeah. 100%. And they said, I think they started. To even bring up in songs, like, but it's simply around that time. We're well, also getting old, not old, but old. No, woke, getting woke. Mm. Which, Get, to be fair, is the good woke. Yeah, exactly. Not the gay frog woke. Not um, that kind of Jesus. Yeah. That's going back asleep. <laughs> gay frogs. Um, so, but th- this song feels really kind of force-fed onto the album. Like we have to, we have to throw some guitars on there. The riff is garbage. It's just this <laughs> repetitive fucking kind of guitarist warm up. You know, when you're trying to like dial in the town on an amplifier and you're just, and it doesn't go anywhere. And he just keeps just shouting, justice, keep us doing his fucking thing. It's, it's fucking terrible. Um, you know, Chuck Mosley from fighting a more front of bad brains for a while. That's right. Yeah. When HR, one of the times HR fucked off, they got, uh, they got Chuck in. Yeah. And apparently, this is something I learned today. There's an album. Lil John is a big bad brains fan and he, uh, Brought them in, and he made an album with them. Little John, Little John. So there's an album of Little John and Bad Brain sitting on the shelf. What? Yeah, sitting on the shelf, never released. And apparently it's savage. So the band say, throw it out. Yeah, fuck it in the bin, like throw, no, throw it out, out. No, fuck it in the bin. <laughs> I'm happy enough with them now, and it was deadly. I don't really want to hear it. But yeah, during this, during the tour supporting this album, HR. He ended up getting in a fight with a security guard that led to a fight with some skinhead dude um, in the crowd. And I think he got fucking ran out of the city or some shit. I got arrested. Um, the whole thing is a fucking clusterfuck. He's just a nightmare of a human. And uh, he does when he does gigs now, like I said, he just stands there. Like he was famous for doing backflips into the crowd. Now he's old. I'm not saying I yeah. want him to do backflips. But I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit of movement from him. I saw you trying to pick a chair up earlier. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> like, he literally just stands there and he puts his arms out to his side and just the microphone's in the stand and he just stands there and he refuses to do most of the heavy stuff. he did do one or two, but the rest of it has to be the fucking, like, we be jamming, fucking shy. Yeah. And, uh, but this song... Well, it mixes for them because it's bad brains. That, that's it. Yeah. yeah, but it mixes for bad brains and that, that'll do. Um, no one else should ever really try it because fuck them. <laughs> Um, that was their sixth album. Uh, I, I can't. I think they done eight or nine. They done another one. I showed on one of the the Facebook videos, the vinyl videos. That was okay. Um, but it's to be honest with you, once the first fucking let's say four albums, there's a couple of EPs at the Omega sessions and stuff. Once they're done, forget it. Yeah, For, Check just it fuck it in the bin. But yeah, don't. This song is terrible. <laughs> but definitely go and listen to actual bad brands. Just just go on the Spotify, the first fucking whatever eight 
are every single one of them is just a fucking killer an absolute killer and what's weird on albums like oi against oi they actually find ways of mixing that hardcore punk and reggae without it being overbearing and shite yeah they do actually manage that's a that's a that's a mental mix yeah and if they do find it there's there's definitely songs that have that little plonk in it behind them and it fucking works because it's not leaning in any one direction too far they find this wonderful kind of lukewarm temperature you know Fucking Where NoFX clearly got some influence, would you reckon? <sighs> NoFX would have been more influenced by... Uh, but I know a lot of NoFX songs that have a very hard edge to them, but are ultimately a bit sky. Yeah, I mean, like, these are definitely one of the first bands to mix that yeah. that Jamaican sound with fucking heavy guitars. Heavy like, shit. Yeah. Uh, the, the problem with bands like NoFX is that they they were they were huge at a time where bands like Less Than Jake and Real Big Fish all this absolutely terrible American kind of ska <laughs> um, like the, the full blown garbage music full blown like this stuff makes like Madness and The Beat and Bad Manners sound like fucking Tchaikovsky you know what I mean <laughs> that's how fucking terrible most of that music is it's literally the worst it's the worst for as, as bad as reggae is as bad as ska is those, those American Ska, real big fish, less than Jake. I don't, I don't even fucking remember this music half of the it's, so it's, it's absolutely abysmal. I'm sure the people in the bands are fucking lovely, but yeah. Jesus Christ, I, the music. You know what? Is, the gas thing is, I don't care if they're nice because I've never experienced their niceness. I've only experienced the bad side of them, which is all their horrific albums. Yeah, music. horrific. One of the big things about Bad Brains, before we move on, is that how influential they were to the rest of the scene. Like I said earlier, Henry Rollins was a rowdy for them. Um, John Joseph from Cro-Mags was a roadie for them for years. Uh, like it, it seems like an awful lot of that scene's big names came from oh, Bad Brains themselves. The good, and, the good stuff. Yeah, they, they, they're, they were a bit like the, the clash in a way in, in that wherever they toured, if they played some shitty little town or shitty little city, within two weeks, a punk band would be formed after it. You know what yeah. I mean? They, they left a wake of fucking talent behind them that caused people to want to start their own bands well that's yeah that uh, who's your next one um, Metallica Purify from Saint Anger Jesus Christ might not be a very obvious well it is a very obvious choice might not be a very uh, inspiring choice but uh, Saint Anger 2003 uh, do you remember I remember the outrage just first of all how how bad it sounded you now I've mellowed to the idea of how it sounds now. Me too. But I still don't mellow to how bad the songs are. Yeah. And especially if you watch the documentary Some Kind of Monster. Where, I fucking love it. But it's brilliant. But look how hard they're trying to come up with the Desperate. most basic idea. Yeah. yeah. And this is the bit I do not get about Purify especially, which is a good bit down the album. If you are trying desperately to come up with content and you know you're struggling... Then why do you release a 75-minute album? Yeah, I, I know. Why is not eight songs long? Exactly. That's fine. A, that's exactly what I have written down there. I have, would have gotten away with eight songs, yeah. <laughs> but they did 11. Look, it yeah. literally says they were, yeah. or better, none. Yeah. I actually, like you said, I have very much mellowed on this album as a whole. When the expectation is gone, things yeah. change. Because I remember the things day, yeah. I, remember, I remember ordering it, pre-ordering it on that website, CD Well. Yeah, they were great. I was super at the time. 
Um, I remember pre-ordering it and whatever they done that kind of pre-shipping so you got it on launch day I might have even got it a day before and fucking thought it was great and I remember listening to it and not I, I, I remember not being disgusted but I remember not being happy either because this would have been around the time like I, I skipped completely load and reload I, I listened to them once and I went I'm in not having any of that in retrospect they're so much better than this yeah I, you know what I actually have to say I like that a lot of that period of grungy Metallica until it sleeps. Fuel. I can I can completely live without it. I'll be honest with you. What I will say about this album, and this is a fucking. I'm going to be hung. I'm going to be fucking hung oh, for shit. saying this. Oh shit! Here we go. Ready? Full on hung. This is my favorite Metallica album cover. No, you know, no, it's a great album cover. I fucking I would love it. This is an iconic album cover. It's it's brilliant. beautiful. It's, it's, go- it's beautiful. Gorgeous. It just because there's nothing to it. Yeah. Because with it's me, just, growing I up, love a big vector, vector oh, style of graphic, dirty vector. But there's something about having grown up with those really elaborate paintings and of Metallica album covers, you know, and trying to replicate the Master Puppets cover on the yeah. back of a notebook in school or yeah. some shit, you know, and now. I was a little bit too old for it, but now if I was fucking 13 in school, I could draw that. Yeah. I'll put it on the back of my jacket. That's what I was going to say. Or whatever. I was, I, the, the merch around that time yeah. was amazing. Yeah. The patches. The, if you put St. Anger on a patch, it'll be laughed at, obviously, yeah. by a lot of people. Now, whatever. You can just fight your own corner with that if you like the album or whatever. The album cover, absolutely agree it's with you. It's beautiful. I almost, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because I remember it was only when I stuck it on today. And I was like, Jesus, the fist is drawn so, so perfectly. Yeah, the so wrist good. looks like it's yeah. tense. Yeah. It's yeah. it's a it is absolutely the, one of their best yeah. albums. There's not covers. a line out of place on it. It's absolutely delicious. That's that vector graphic style where yeah. everything is drawn in perfect lines. Yeah. No crisp, pixels. Crisp. Yeah. Beautiful. But I remember listening to Beautiful. it and not knowing what was going on because the songs were so wishy washy. And it was only when we got to see the documentary a while later realized, that yeah. we copped it. That's why it sounds like that. Because it literally does sound like someone just pressed record in a rehearsal room. Like, it's just a load of bits yes. that they tried to squeeze yeah. songs into. And I, I'd like it a bit more now if I hadn't saw how much they struggled to get this garbage out. If they had been lazy about it, I would have been like, okay, yeah, whatever. But it was how much they were struggling. Like, you pat my back. Uh, you, uh, I pat you your back. You stab mm. mine. Mm. Uh, and you see him and, he, and they're writing it down and like you just look... Kirk Hamlet is looking going, right, I'm not going to be writing the lyrics, but you should not go with them. Yeah. This is- and he, he's the one who came up with the name for it as well, the name for the album, Some Kind of Monster. I think that was his only contribution to, like, words, I think. Yeah. The album has a... To- Do you know what? The rawness is... You have to respect that they went for a raw sound, but unfortunately, as always, Lars has a say in the production, which he yeah. shouldn't have, because he makes bad decisions that... He knows that he's bigger than the producer. Yeah. And Metallica are bigger than whatever producer they're working with. And he says, if we want the snare to sound like a fucking cat dancing on a piano or a fucking a, a tin. This was still Bob Rock, wasn't it? I believe and so. And he played yeah. bass on this album, I think. Yeah, this lad is just a yes man. According Bob, to the documentary. Yeah. And then they had their they had the fucking therapist in. Who just, yeah. Who was a bizarre lad. Yeah. Like a lot of therapists are bizarre people. I al- always remember the bit in that documentary where Lars plays it for his, his dad. Da, and his dad goes, you, you should not put delete, this out. Delete, yeah, that. delete that. Delete Get it. rid of this. Delete this. Yeah. The whole album, not the song. Yeah, the delete whole this. album. Delete this. Now. And he's right, because his, his, his old lad looks like a fucking pure Metallica fan. Yeah. 
Big Danish grey beard, fucking yeah. metler. Yeah, it looks probably, like, look like what we will in a few at years. At least eight deep purple tattoos on yeah. his back. Yeah, and the good deep purple. Yeah. Yeah, the Book of the Lysian deep purple. <laughs> like, yeah. This lad knew what he was talking about when he said delete this. Now, like I said, you skim this down. You just t- listen, two small things that you could do right now with the tracks. First of all, delete this song, Purify, because it's yeah. the worst song on the album. Yeah. It's just painful, repetitive. What's that TikTok song? Is that a... Oh, what's that called? I know the one you're talking about. I, I, I've put so much of this to the back of my head because I never listen to this album. Because I didn't. And the song Saint Anger itself... Is that right? It's all right. Yeah, it's all right. To be perfectly honest with you, especially when you listen to it again, you're like, that's not a... Structurally, mm. it's not bad. There's a lot of songs on this that are five to seven to even eight minutes long. Stupid. That's because they had a mishmash of shite they're trying to squeeze in. Yeah. Can you uh, uh, tell you what I'd like to see? And it would sell like fucking hotcakes. If they went back and done a re- remixed, remastered version of this, because it was all recorded digitally, they showed it. Yep. So the entire thing, like they were fucking, I know they had the big, the, the snare without the actual snare turned on, so it's got the big bong, bong, could be shite, right? I, that, that doesn't even bother me once you get used to you it. You can get, mix it down a little bit. Exactly, and bring it down a little bit. Fine, yeah. But let's say they went back and they remixed and remastered this and they went into those foils and they just fucking sequenced those drums so they trigger a real snare hit, like a real kick drum. They mixed everything a little bit better, fucking leveled those vocals out and maybe, eight songs. maybe brought it down to and, eight songs. And shaved off a good few bars off. <laughs> exactly. Just they on radio got, edits. They would have got away with yeah. that album. Just do like radio edits yeah. of that album and it would sell like a fucking maniac. There's, 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 there's not, there's some good stuff on it because they are they there, are Metallica there, there is they an are, eight song album there that's they not are terrible arguably the greatest metal band in the world mm. this is this whole album is absolutely a what were you thinking moment because it could have been salvaged and if the fucking Bob Rock or whatever had a bit of balls and went lads I'm going to turn this from a disaster into a passable album that won't be remembered too much but won't be slagged and yeah. ruin your career job but he's, he's one of the worst things to ever happen to that band he's a yes man he just yeah. he, he realised the band were bigger than him but he still should have stepped up and went no, yeah. and no. he also like I said he got to play bass in the album so he's got fucking royalties from it as well so, as well. so he but he watched the documentary that you can see it in his eyes he takes a while to say yes to some things but he still says fucking yes to oh, yeah. We can, try it. we can try it. We can try we it. We can try yeah, it. Yeah, let's give it a go. And Lars thinks he is, knows yeah. everything about this music. They yeah. should, and Kirk Hamlet as well sits back. And now, the one time, the, the funniest, one of the, apart from the Lars of that, is when they said, we don't think we should have a solo on this song. And Kirk Hamlet's like, well, why are we deciding not to have a solo before we've even decided how the solo should sound? And I kind of get his point yeah. on that, but um, he should have stood up more and said, no. Obviously, Trigillo was in that stage. Uh, Towards the end of the world they were recording. Yeah, couldn't say a fucking thing. Yeah, of course. They gave him a million up million front. Million quid. Up front. Sit down, shut the fuck up. Sit, million yeah. quid up front, joining yeah. fee. Yeah. That lad is just sending that money yeah. to his family going, holy fuck. Yeah. Gaffs. Yeah. Yes. I'm not going to ruin Gaffs. this. Gaffs. I'm not going to fucking say a single thing yeah. about the fact that Lars is pulling this album into yeah. a dark fucking place. Do you remember the fucking stock B thing where James was trying to explain to him, was like, listen, just do like a four four banger on it. Yeah. This will sound good, and he's like, "Oh, like more stock, like stock, yeah, just stock beat, stock beat, yeah, like, yeah was better than that. Whatever, that is just what it means. That's yeah. always better. I don't care what anybody says. So you ever been writing a song and you put the drums in and you try and do this <laughs> thing and you just pull it out and go, yeah, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, even this could be now of a banger. Yeah, now I have a banger. It has four four, yeah, four to the floor, four 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 life, an absolute yeah place in everything. Now you can do bits where it's not like that. Yeah, Lars was just. Yeah. Yeah. anyway listen uh, everyone knows Saint Anger it's a bit of an obvious choice but it had to be brought up and um, what's your next one 
He's gone for a piss again. He gave out to me the last time I done this. This is his uh, second or third piss. Second or third one, lads. Jesus Christ. Anyway, I'm gonna turn it off. He's still pissing. He's had it again, hang on. My last one is Eminem ass like this or whatever it's called. Yeah, this is the oh shit, he's turning crap. Ass like that or ass like this? What the fuck is the name of that song? Ass is to the wall. Ass like that. It's ass called. is up in the air. It's fucking so bad. Ass down, ass up. Asses are what I like to fuck. Face down, ass up. That's the way I like to fuck. That's a song. You ugly. It's a song. You, you ugly. Just mixed Daphne and Celeste in there to Eminem. No, um, this is a. Uh, this is when I absolutely checked out. I mean, actually, just this encore album. Actually, I, I don't dislike encore. Encore isn't, has isn't doesn't encore have two soldiers? No, I want to. I want to call what I consider. I can't because I have to bring this up in a different podcast. All I right. can't. I can't. This. Ah, I was about to say what I could, a big thing I feel about this album, but it will come up in a different podcast. Okay. It actually doesn't really fucking matter. It's gonna come up. This song has, for me, the greatest rap song of all time on it. What? Without me. Without me? Is that on the album? I think it is. Check it there so I I'm can gonna tell you right now. now. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. Curtains up, evil deeds, never enough, yellow brick road, like two soldiers, mush, puke, my first single, Paul, rain man, big weenie, just lose it, ass like that, spend some time, mockingbird, crazy in love, one shot, two shot, final thought, encore. It's not on this album. No, it's not on encore. Uh, this is his fifth album. Right, I'm thinking of the third one there. Um, I think this is the last of the maybe, maybe okay Eminem, this album. This contains, after this, I was out. I was out before this, then it's the case. This, this is 2004, is what this is. Um, I don't think he so had without me was uh, its own thing. It's just a single. Yeah, uh, that's. I won't so, get into too much because so that will come up. And now I've given away what will be one of my <laughs> greatest albums. Uh, sorry, without, so now without, you can without me was on. Now, without me was on the Eminem show, which is the album before this. So it's fourth album. Eminem show. Because yeah. that's Eminem a, is that the same cover? Yeah, it's very similar. That's it, what it yeah. is. All his covers, to be fair, are very Apart similar. From the force, yeah. 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 Uh, Superman is on. Um, is on the Eminem show as well. Which is rap god I can't remember. Doesn't matter. Uh, You're right though. This man, this is a fall from fucking grace. Big time, yeah. Now yeah. He took the pop dollar and he loved it. And I think to be honest with you, right? Think about how many lyrics are involved in Eminem's song with the speed he raps in. He has to write basically an album per song, lyrically. If you look at a Morrissey song, yeah. He repeats lyrics over and over again, or else some of the songs he's mentioned tonight are just repeated over and over again. Now, Think about the phone book. You would yeah, yeah. He has, he has one of the highest uh, word counts of any rapper ever recorded. Um, I think it's eight and a half thousand in individual words. That's what I'm saying. Like he's so, what, he's like so double whatever, what Kanye whatever, uses. Whatever about running about ideas or running out lyrics, he would have just probably burned himself out. See, this, okay, this album was produced by Dre, but it doesn't sound like Dre produced it. It does not. I think that um, this would have been one of those executive producer where he just kind of jumped in every now and again. Sounds alright, yeah, see you later. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rick Rubin job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like I said, this is his fifth album. This is officially his fifth album, but it's his fourth as we know him. So we had one called Infinite before anybody knew who he was. Okay? Right, So it was Eminem Infinite. And the... And, uh, but this, some sort of white uh, rabbit EP or something that was mixtape yeah, that was huge yeah, yeah. see mixed this is where rap gets really confusing for me you can have mixtapes 
that are bigger than their first album. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's where it gets confused with me. They're yeah. not EPs. In rock, you create rock. It's an yeah. EP. Yeah. But mixtapes are basically what I think. Are, are they just unlicensed beats yeah. sometimes? Yeah. So you can't put them out. Yeah. Right. Now so I'm getting it. Mostly that shit. It used to be like lads just doing them in the house. Right, that's and that's where real amazing samples yeah. are being brought yeah. in that you can't. Yeah. Right, okay. They could play them on radio, but they couldn't sell them. I think was the way it used to work. Right. Um, so this would be officially his fifth album, but as we know, Eminem, this would be his fourth. Um, for me, this is the cut off. After this, yeah, I'm done. Um, this has this album has Toy Soldiers on it, which I like. I like that a lot. Um, Mockingbird's okay, and my first song. Tanika's okay. uh, Toy Soldiers is one of my favorite songs yeah. from uh, Tamira. I keep naming the sister, sister people. <laughs> Sister, sister. Yeah, there's some interesting stuff in this album, but it's this song. Okay, so this song is kind of born out of a, a weird fuck up. Do you remember on MTV there was Triumph the Dog? He was a puppet. Um, it was I think it was meant to be a Rottweiler or something like that. And he used to go around to the red carpets, and he used to do Dennis the Penis kind of Bora E. This is ringing, it's ringing, it's ringing big bells for right? me. Yeah. So it was basically a, a puppet of a dog, and he would slag people. Okay, and there was some sort of, I, 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 to this day, I don't really know, and I don't really give a fuck. There's some sort of connection between Triumph the Dog and Eminem. And I don't know whether it was actually Eminem was Triumph the Dog slagging people, or whether the dude who was Triumph the Dog slagged Eminem oh, on a red carpet. That's what happened. And gave, he, like, caught him off, like, caught him on the hop. Yeah. And fucking stung him real good. Because Eminem's meant to have that razor sharp wit yeah. and the razor sharp tongue and cut anybody down. But this fucking puppet killed him. <laughs> right? So this is a diss song for the fucking Triumph the Dog. Oh, something like it. I don't even know. It's fucking garbage. It's some sort of this song slash his impression of Triumph the Dog. That's why he, when he's, he's taught, when he's rapping, it sounds like he's doing that kind of Sean Paul. Fucking, I don't read that thing. Yeah, so he's, that's Eminem doing that version of that. Yeah. But that's the way Triumph the Dog kind of spoke. Right. So it's right, him right, doing right. an impression of of a fucking puppet. That is the absolute pinnacle of running over this. This is absolutely shocking. Like, shocking, 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 shocking. It has this kind of Bollywoodish fucking background. Like, the beat is fucking. It sounds like a Casio keyboard on demo mode when they just got some sort of Bollywood sample and put it. it it's just now, like I said, I think that this this album half its show happens okay, and there's one or two moments of, of of deadliness. The album, as we said, much like Metallica, the album is way too long. There's it just there's no need for it. There's no need for it. People will accept. Give me ten songs. Quality over quality. Exactly. Give me eight to fucking ten songs. And that goes for the last my album of the year too. Yeah, last one. Take off the shite. It's absolutely not needed. Yeah, they went to the point where they went over the time of a CD. Yeah, don't do it. Don't do it if you don't need to. Now, as far as I'm concerned, after this, Eminem just disappeared into obscurity until that Kamikaze album came out. Because that, because we're talking, we're talking since that's that's 2004. Nearly fifth, nearly fourteen years of just. Shite. He turned into a fucking yeah. uh, a bit of a joke. Shite. Now he had a few. He had what did he have? He had a relapse. He had recovery. He had the Marshall Ma- Marshall Matters LP two revival. Revival. And was then the, he had revival was the painful. Revival hurt him so it's bad. Just it hurt me. Yeah. Which is what I'm concerned about. That, but that 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 nearly killed him. Jesus. Revival nearly killed him. The rest of them are just shite. 
Revival was atrocious. Kamikaze, we liked it when it came out. I, last you know year. what? I listened to it again. It does hold up. It does. It's but, not. But it's super, you know what it was? super. We were looking at it through. This is dog shit. And all of a sudden we found a few bits of gold. And oh, oh, hang on. There's some beauty. It must in be it. good. Yeah, now, there are some beauty. Yeah, but it. there is a few absolutely great songs. Yeah. So at least it's, it's, uh, it's a comeback in terms of like, we'll accept it. Oh, yeah. Look, it's, it put, it's way better than any he put out like 10 plus yeah. years beforehand, you know. And then he went around and put the Venom song on it. Venom. 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 Yeah, but that's like, chances are fucking Marvel Studios or Sony or someone like that like Absolutely. banged a load of money at him. Um, All he had to do was stop putting out big long albums. Yeah, but he wouldn't. He wouldn't. He just wouldn't. He was having none of it. He was just banging out fucking. Using far too many napkins. My flapkins. flapkins. Um, I've read a lot of stuff about Eminem today. I read. Uh, I went on about four different pages. Remember his beard was a fucking meme. Do you remember that? Yeah. His beard was, was a meme. Pitch black. Pitch black beard. Like, like painted on him. Painted on. Like one of them uh, eagle eye uh, action man. Fucking beards he had. Like someone put a few made of velvet, a few bits of paper up and spray painted yeah, the beard on yeah. it. One of them desi- Do you remember the des- designer stubble was a thing? George Michael had the des- designer stubble. Yeah, but that was, that was real, a big though. thing. Yeah, yeah, but that was what his boat race looked like. Yeah, but now we had <laughs> his fucking, boat race. Yeah, and fucking Eminem had this weird, and he had that like Che Guevara fucking hat on. Do you remember that? Oh god! And then he started trying to get real hench like Dr. Dre. Oh god! Remember that? That scares me when I see a rapper going hench because I'm thinking. Right, that could work. Like Buster Rhymes, remember I was a big fat lad, and all of a sudden he went turned into a tank. Remember the remember the hench off between Trent Reznor and Doctor Dre? Yes, fucking hell! Like they were out of control. They were going to explode. He's still big, still big. They put out that picture last week of their work. Him and Kanye are working on Jesus is Lord Two or whatever. Yeah. Now I can only imagine how shite that is because Doctor Dre, as far as I'm concerned. Should have died in 2001. <laughs> Shouldn't have died. Well, well he, he should have just fucked whatever, knocked it on the head. He, when you get that much money from shit headphones, like, <sighs> did you listen to that uh, Compton album you put out? No, I. It's, you know what? I listened to about two songs and I went. I, I checked out. Went no, thank you. It's back so back terrible. Back yeah, it's so terrible. Jesus Christ, it hurts me listening no. to it. It doesn't make any sense, none whatsoever. That actually sounds like a mixtape. That sounds like a mixtape. It's weird. It's like. Where does the effort stop? And this this is a real common thread in this podcast. Where does the delusion start and the effort stop? Money. Because money is a huge part of it. And I know for a fact that Eminem literally ran out of things to talk about. When you get that... Look at his first album. His first album is incredible. Right? First two are super. The first one in particular. It's pure... But for everything what, for, about want, it. for want of a better term, trailer trash, yeah. drug music. Exactly, because that's all he knew. That's that's just apparently he was still. I read a thing today that when that album came out, he was still paying his like uh, he was still living in a trailer and yeah. paying for it on the on the drip. Like he had he had HP fucking loan a yeah. higher purchase loan where he was like ten dollars a week or whatever the fuck it is on a trailer that he was living in when that because, because he got kicked out of his mass trailer. Exactly, literally it was mass trailer. Exactly, apparently it's the same thing that happened to. Uh, Nirvana when Nevermind came out Kurt Cobain was living in a car but that's the guy's thing you could be you come home from a tour and you mm. that money's not coming through for a good while and your advance is gone um, but that, that was my last one I just, for I, a Patreon Asla, yeah, exactly Asla, it's, it's just a terrible terrible example of one of the most talented rappers in the world now somebody it could have been like Tyler the Creator or one of those guys came out recently and said Eminem is by far and away yeah. quite possibly the greatest rapper of all time however his music, his beats have let him down for Absolutely. almost 20 years. And I wouldn't mind. He, stop going back to Dr. Dre. He doesn't care anymore. 
He doesn't care. Well, I think here's here's the issue, right? The first album is obviously dry produced and it sounds like a dry album, right? Beautiful. It's beautiful. The second one, he got a little bit too big for his bridges and he wanted to do it himself. I think the third one was fully Eminem produced and it's not great. It's okay, yeah. but it, none of it sounds right. Yeah. So obviously by this one, his fourth album, by Encore, his fourth as we know him, album, he gets straight back in trying to get that, let's get that funky fucking yeah. modern version of G-Funk kind of back for yeah. it and Dre's having none of it so he just gives him all this fucking shite he has lying around a little nerd find some little nerd find those a little guys, nerd see those guys that do the fucking Zarface stuff 7L and es- uh, yeah. Esoteric that I talk about those lads are fucking you, unreal the gas thing about it is it's not taking advantage you find a little basement nerd that is unreal at this you give them the money that they want yeah. and all of a sudden just tell tell, tell the world oh, I'm, I'm working with this kid now because that's what Josh Dre did of course. he said I'm working with this little yeah. white kid now that's what they fucking, I'm taking him on of course that's what you do you fucking help up the next cunt on the knee chart a couple just of rooms going. below it but don't keep running back to Dr. Dre I can only imagine what an Eminem album with like 7L and Esoteric or the, that fucking German dude who made the uh, the, 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 the fake Dr. Octagon Dr. album. Dr. Octagon album, like, yeah. That fucking sounds incredible. It's it's garbage, but there's it sounds these, incredible. There's these kids in their room just killing it right yeah. now. Just find them. Yeah. Like the way they were found. Pass it on. Pay it forward. Whatever. Pay it forward. Uh, right, who's your last one? My last one is uh, Justin Bieber featuring Buster Rhymes. Now, clearly, I'm not talking about Justin Bieber here. I'm talking about what were you thinking, Buster Rhymes? I listened to this earlier because I, I didn't <laughs> know this existed. This is also a Christmas song, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It's, from a, it's from the... Uh, it's from the album Under the Mistletoe 2011 by Justin Bieber. Now, Justin Bieber was well in his rights to release a Christmas album yes. in 2011 because it will sell like fucking hotcakes. Now, he is, this song is called Drummer Boy. Yeah. He's dropped the little drummer boy. Yeah. And it is clearly. Big so, fat hug fucking drummer boy. It's clearly a Big play. Big swing on, and dick drummer boy. <laughs> clearly a play on the fact that. I'm not a little girl anymore. No, but he is a, was a drummer. Yeah. Justin Bieber. Was an okay drummer. Now, this is more of like, oh my God, did you know he's also a musician? Yeah. Listen, and there's videos of him playing, he plays standard kid drums. Yeah. It's not, he's not a fucking drum. He's not, dun, 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 not talking about fucking dun, dun. Neil Peart yeah. here. Yeah, exactly. It's not Ginger yeah. Baker yeah. shit he's knocking yeah. out. It's just, this was the thing about the fans. He's actually an yeah. actual musician. Yeah. Like he knows where the kick, kick pedal is like. Yeah, so he's dropped the, the song is, from he's mostly little drummer boy power up a pum pum mm. bullshit and he's singing like power up a pum pum because because when pop people's when pop people do Christmas songs they have to sing Go around over. the notes around the notes like make it your own the way Christina Aguilera will will do a Christmas album Mariah Carey or something she, yeah. they'll sing around the stuff they'll overdo it yeah. and bring and them away from the original and melody. hurt everybody and hurt everybody yeah. in the process yeah so this is. The reason I put this on, this is a classic example, and I'm probably going to catch a little bit of heat from this. This is a pop sham paying directly with hard money for street cred. Yeah. So we've seen it with Katy Perry Mm. and fucking... Juicy J. Juicy J. Go for for the people that... Slobber on my knob. If you can pay for it, don't pay for the best. Or maybe pay for this, but also pay for the biggest street cred. And even in 2011, Buster Rose was was in a bad, probably a bad place. He's a big fat lad now, though. You know, whatever. What's he like? Is he hench now or is he fat now? Oh, he went mad hench again. I can't. He, I don't know. I he jumps been, around I a lot. I haven't been keeping the tab on his Weight Watchers or his Fitbit uh, <laughs> fucking weekly stats, but his, he's, his sin points. Yeah. For a while, he went strong. Yeah, he was mad hench for a while. Pure power. Then he blew out and he went to that boozy fucking Malone type yeah. of stage. Yeah. He might get hench again. I don't so, know. So, so, I had to put a collaboration on this. 
and I did a, I wanted to kind of spread out the songs I was choosing for this. I had a few that were good songs, but I had, do you know what the gas thing was? I'll tell you what song this bet mm-hmm. Sunday Bloody Sunday by you two. Okay, now someone might go, What do you mean? What were they thinking? Incredible song, yes, it's an incredible song, but it's not the what were you thinking for you two, it's the what were you thinking for this year, McDonald's in Portugal who put up for Halloween. Oh, God. I'm, I had to tell this so I can mm. go back on to Justin Bieber. You know the, the ice cream sundaes mm. where they drop like strawberry into it and they mix it around for Halloween? McFlurry, like? Yeah, no, yeah, but it's yeah. an ice cream sundae. Okay, all right. So they dropped a bit of raspberry in and they swirled around like blood yeah. for Halloween. Yeah. But on the posters, they wrote, Sunday, bloody Sunday. Oh, no. Oh, no. So that was going on. What the fuck were you thinking, McDonald's? But the, I wanted to stick with the artist. Stick with the artist. And obviously, that Sunday Bloody Sunday is a phenomenal yeah. iconic song. Brilliant. Although, this is not a rebel song. Okay. We, 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 get, we get it. We get it. You know, we don't have to say that, but whatever. Fucking moron. Um, this, this song better out because Buster Rhymes, who I'm a, ma- I won't say a massive fan, but I have so much yeah, respect yeah, for Buster he's, Rhymes. He's, he's one of my favorite rappers. Yeah. Some of the ways he sings around things. Break your neck. Fucking ooh yeah. yeah. Oh, he's so good. He's on this song. Now, everybody likes money. And you can sell your street cred. I love money. I love money as well. Personally. I don't know what I would do. I do anything. Patreon.com. <laughs> I, I would dance with the Backstreet Boys for money. I'm interested to see what people think we would do for Patreon. No, fuck, I'm not getting into that. Listen. There comes a time in rappers' lives where they can sell their street cred to, I have to be careful here, nerdy white cunts. Yeah. And it's sort of a thing of the rap community. They won't be ragged on by the rap community. Of course not. They'll make know, oh, make, fucking make yeah, that bike, whatever. Yeah. But for for some people, it can be a bit ropey. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I have to talk about the hit. Now, Justin Bieber is singing like, pum, rapper, pum, pum. But, but then he starts rapping. And he's all right. He's actually, he's actually all right. fucking all right. I listened to this an, I, an hour ago. I was waiting for the rapper to come in, right? Yeah. So I stuck it on. I was waiting for the rapper. No, I remember, I remember a bit of heat from this years ago, nearly 10 years ago when this came out. Now, this is a little album. And I was like, people, here's another quick thing before we go into Buster's part. This was the sort of, um, the start of people in the rock scene ragging on a child for yeah. not making music for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people were going, oh my God, I can't believe Leonard Cohen died and not fucking Justin Bieber. Yeah. I'm like, Billy Eilish doesn't know who Van Halen is. That's this bullshit. She's fucking 17 she, or something. She wasn't born. Yeah. And, okay. I barely know who they are. Right, so do you like Van Halen 3? Do you really like Van Halen 3? Like, <laughs> what I'm saying is, this was the first time I saw and actually... I, I went again. I won't say I went against, but I wasn't getting on board with the. This person, fucking this person died. Uh, David Bowie died. Why couldn't it have been Justin Bieber? I'm like, because he's a child. Yeah. And maybe he will get cancer he's when a, he's in his 60s. Wait for it. Wait for this one. You wait till he's real old because he's young. I remember Justin Bieber was out about six years before I even heard one of his songs. Oh, yeah. So just I'm stay away from him. It was only that fucking... Uh, just stay away from him. Oh, baby, baby song. Yeah. So, that's I think that came on... Un- you know what? I knew that song, but I didn't even know it was him. Yeah, so I, I heard it on a radio. I ta- yeah, I talked to someone. Yeah. I was like, I oh, couldn't name I a song. No, I had to no, not baby. But I was like, oh, is that him? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. If it's not in it's your me. circle, you're not going to hear it. not made for me. Of course or you. He's Canadian, isn't he? He's Canadian, lad, yeah. Here's a funny story about... About the, Canadia? No, about uh, Buster Rhymes. We're getting back to Buster Rhymes. Right. I just wanted to throw that in about fucking... It really disturbed me when people were wishing death upon a child. Yeah. 
He's a fucking he, whatever about him. And, and, well, he's an adult now, so fuck him. And the media tried to rag hard on Justin Bieber to the point where the only thing I can really think was he was disrespectful to some of his fans at some stages. Wasn't he like pissing in buckets and clubs? And all? That was my pattern, and we all thought that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, you know I, what I mean? I, like, know, so yeah, I think the big thing was because he was a pop star, and we're in the circle of uh, yeah. but, people who listen to alternative but, music. But they were trying to catch him out in interviews constantly. They went. Remember, he played a, a big gig in Amsterdam, like a huge venue in Amsterdam. And someone goes, "Do you think? Uh, do you think uh, Anne Frank would have been a believer?" And I think he just said something like, "Maybe at her age, or yeah." And a, a newspaper. Justin Bieber said Anne Frank would have been a believer and just skewed it yeah. massively against him. Now I don't like his shitty music, but yeah. it's not meant for yeah. me. The same way I don't listen to C- music from CBBS or of course. Whatever. But also he was he was he was a child when he like when he started. He got famous from YouTube, I think. He was like no, a YouTube it, star. It was not Disney, Disney. No, 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 I think it was YouTube right, yeah. for him. And um, so he would have been real, real young. So this is all have like uh, his formative years were spent in front of cameras and microphones. Yeah, and then. And, and, uh, you know like, what? So, if he, uh, when was the last time you snapped? Was there a camera around? Mm. No, we got away with exactly. that. He doesn't get away. He doesn't with get away with yeah. any of that. Now, let's move on to Buster Rhymes. I'm a bit pissed off Buster Rhymes doing this because I was interested to see in a song about Little Drummer Boy, Power Up a Pump Pump, what is Buster Rhymes going to sing about? This is incredible. What is he going to sing about? Yeah. Is he going to sing about, like, fucking the other, two, two Buster Rhymes, you know, being fucking. Yeah. Shooting people, having no. Crack. I don't think he was even. Mad. Uh, he, he had his, his yeah, his, his, like, flip mode squatty, yeah. gang, gangster thing. Also, otherwise, or else he'll go fucking. It could be like the rap of King Crimson, random mad shit, which which is why I love him. No, I'm gonna read some out, right? Read it out because this is incredible. Everybody, clean out your ear holes <laughs> and prepare. I want to know what his uh, concept for his bars were. It won't surprise me if somebody else wrote this for him at the table with the family. Having dinner, Blackberry on the hip, and the game's a little slicker. Then it gave a little flicker. I took a look to see before I activate the trigger. Came to realise it's homie Bieber. Hit me up on Twitter. His bars are about Justin Bieber asking him to be on this song. Yeah. Because, like, that's how... That's how what, 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 he's probably like... I'll just tell the story about I'll how just this happened. the exact story. And in a way, weird way, that's fucking genius. Yeah, that's that how you get around it. Yeah. Abs- just get around it. Yeah. Do it there, and all it is now. The weird thing about it is, he's saying that he was there on Christmas Day when Justin Bieber rang him, and he, they got together to do the song on Christmas Day. That's a lie. Yeah, that's just lies. Because the album came out way before that. Um, here's a weird thing. I went. This is in my head. I went. Now, why is Buster Rhymes, who had a real fucking hard life in the streets of New York, uh, singing about this? So I had a little dig into Buster Rhymes' mm. uh, childhood, just because I wanted to see was it as juxtaposed as I thought it was going to yeah. be. Buster Rhymes was born in Brooklyn, New York, right? But he got in one little fight and his mom got scared and she said, you're moving with your auntie to... Bel Air. No. Morecambe, England. Oh, fuck up. <laughs> fuck up. <laughs> he spent his childhood in England. Get the fuck out In Liverpool here. and Morecambe, England. He worked at a... <laughs> in Morecambe, he worked in a swimming pool as a, as a lifeguard or something that helped with the lifeguard anyway uh, for years and he moved to England he lived a little while in London as well and at one stage he uh, was caught stealing runners Markham is like a seaside I think it's a seaside sort of area in a mm. so he, he got caught stealing a pair of runners in Markham in England this is this is why I stuck this on at the end <laughs> meaty he got he got stung by his aunt stealing a pair of runners from a, a little small shop store yeah. in Markham and his auntie dragged him by the ear back up to apologise and hand him back and they made him clean the shop for a week. Fucking hell. 
I didn't know that he lived in England for years. Yeah. That's brand new to me. So, because his mother was like, I don't want him around this shit. Yeah. This is the actual story of Prince Abel, Press Prince of Beller. Based on Buster Ryan's Except life. instead of going somewhere rich, he went to Markham. Which is, not, it was, I don't know, it's probably affluent area, isn't it? But, I don't know. Um, I was about to drop this out for that bloody sun, Sunday, bloody yeah. Sunday by McDonald's. And I read that bit and went, oh, that's back that's in. That's way better. It's back <laughs> in. Absolutely back in. So there you go, Buster Ryan's. <laughs> Buster Rhymes, uh, obviously, whenever he plays in Liverpool now, he knows the place inside out because he lived there for a while. But Markham, England is the more kind of, I won't say affluent, but uh, random, hell. random place. So that is our. Uh, what were they thinking? What were they thinking? That's Some of those, what were they thinking? Unreal, unreal. We have to, we, do you know what? We have to do about 10 of them. There's, a, there's, there's, there's loads more, what were they thinking oh, moments. I, there's a few. I have to drop so many bangers out of this. Yeah. There's, there, I'll tell you one of the ones I cut out because I didn't, it's not that meaty. It's just, it's a real down point in their career. And for me, it was a Rage Against the Machine mic check off the Battle of Los Angeles. It's yeah. fucking not bad. Not really sure what he did that song. It's bad. Yeah, it, just, it stands out on that album. Well, it's not a bad album. I though, love, that's it's great. my second favourite. I love um, it. I'll tell you that uh, Danzig was bet. Danzig bet for my list for this one. Bet um David Bowie and Mick Jagger dancing oh, in the streets. Fucking bad. I would have thought that was a what were you thinking moment for the both of them. And the reason it didn't make it, and I won't make it onto the volume two, was because it made a fuck ton for charity. Yeah. So I can't, yeah. to be fair, I can't, go, put, I, make can't put, I can't put that on the what were you thinking yeah. list. Make shite, save lives. Yeah. yeah. Absolute scutter, Marvin Gaye cover. Yeah. Shite. Yeah. But uh, that's our, uh, th- I enjoyed that. That was our, um, what were they thinking list. Um, please give us Patreon money because we're, we are putting content out on Patreon unless it's come from me now I was very I was very cagey about talking about Patreon I was like oh, we're doing this for the love of music but then I realised that I'm fucking missing like, this takes ages to do ages. Um, yeah so it's patreon.com forward slash lost art podcast if you want to give us five dollars dollars not even five euro um, a month or for as long as well, you right want right now to it's, it's covering some stuff yeah an odd point or, uh, <laughs> the, the, the more money you give us the more podcasts you're gonna get let's put it that way and the more content you're gonna get uh, we're working on stuff that we're, we're waiting on the patreon money to build up to buy some stuff for uh, a couple of big plans yeah. that we have um because yeah, I'm, I'm not straight up not reaching the puck anymore for this but I love it. thank you but i'm not doing it um we're giving you what i think is fun yeah, and, and, and you, you're not alone. And also. we got a lot of shares this week yeah, as well. Yeah. Like you said, if you can't give the page if you back. can't go on to facebook.com forward slash lost our podcast, we're on Twitter, we're on everything. And uh, thankfully, there's plenty of people who are doing uh, God's good work and um, <laughs> sh- sharing out the podcast, telling their friends about it. It does help. And yeah. um, just tell your mate, uh, give us a rate, a review, subscribe to it, share the fucking link out on your social media. It costs you nothing. It makes you look cool because um, we're sound. Yeah, and uh, if you see us, buy us a point. Also, um, we did put out. Just we before, might buy you one then. We might. I just put as well as that. We, we'll do it. We'll do another uh, last air DJ Pazuzu night as well yeah. soon enough. And uh, I did put out. If you missed it, um, what I consider the most notable Irish because we did a Patreon for our best of two thousand best not best of two thousand nineteen our favorite our picks of yeah. two thousand nineteen. But there was a lack of Irish stuff on it because I wanted to make my own one, and yeah. I know Gar was like, oh, "Come be arsed. That's fair uh, enough. Absolute, absolutely fair enough. So we put out. I think there's thirty five. Songs. There's actually will be recording. There was an awful lot of chatter on the Facebook page about that. Really? Yeah, yeah. So there's people well, sharing. I, d- out. I didn't tag the bands because I don't want to do that. I didn't want to tag. These, these are people who live around the corner from me. Yeah. You know what I mean? These are these are artists that are just starting in Ireland, and um, we didn't want to do a podcast as well because it's 35 songs, and I didn't really want to pick 
what I consider the best of those. Well, maybe we will. We don't have a week spare to record the podcast. So yeah. It's 30 songs long. So, um, it takes long enough to do 12. So those are the songs I found notable. Some of them I wouldn't be absolutely super mad about, but they were important in Ireland. And basically, the first 10 songs were the stuff I'd be... First 10 or 20 songs they of are, 34. They are hard picks. Are the ones I would... Yeah, we're talking about uh, Murder Capital... Uh, Valhalla in there, even Fontaine's DC, which I wasn't. Valhalla is uh, fucking Manos bleeding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just four tracks and they're solid, man. Good lad. Don't do a Saint Anger. Don't make a Saint seventy five minute fucking. <laughs> uh, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot of cool stuff on that. Um, what else is there as well? Pillow Queens. I'm actually really enjoying Pillow Queens, man. Songs for gay girls, but I like them. I like gay <laughs> girls also. Uh, so yeah, check out that. Uh, 2019 Irish, um, what, what Ireland had to offer as far as I'm concerned. This yeah. year. Um, There's even a Dermot Kennedy song on. Because come on, he's fucking, he got huge. I had to put it on. <laughs> right, we'll leave it at that. We're, we are back next week. We have a, we have a little, little fucking steamer of an ah, episode. It's gonna be good, yeah. For next week. That's going to be very fun and very informative. Um, and hopefully it'll be fucking funny as well. Uh, but until next week, we'll see you then.